welcome to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I'm very excited to be here tonight. I want to remind you guys and let you know that um, I am still pretty sick with COVID, and so we are going to try to get through tonight the best that we can. If I start coughing or snotting around or doing any of that yucky, sicky stuff, I'm going to be muting my mic, so if you're reading or something happens and you just lose me for a moment, don't freak out. I will be right back. Just kind of start you know, tap dancing or sing a song or do a magic trick or something. <laughs> just know that I will be right back with you. All right. If you are wanting to call in tonight, the number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you would like to call in. We do have some stuff to go over, so while we do this, make sure you are getting your pens and pencils and notebooks or journals out as we will be getting to our inspiration from the Inkwell Mini Workshop in just a moment. I want to remind you that our February Poetry Contest is up and running. So this month we are celebrating Black History Month, and this will indeed be the foundation for our February Writing Contest. So from February 1st till March 1st, anyone posting something that they have written for Black History Month on my page will get their name entered into the prize drawing once. Anyone reading their poem on Black History Month live on the air will have their name entered into the drawing twice. And anyone posting their poem on my page and reading it on the air will get their name entered, no, not three times as math would dictate, but four times you will be entered into the drawing. So just an extra little additive incentive there to do both. The winner will be drawn and announced on the March 2nd show, so get writing poets. And I want to quick shout out on this, and that's to Rich, who is our contest winner in December. I have not sent out your gift yet, and I am not going to do so until I am over COVID because I am not going to send you germs. So just so you know, if you're sitting there, you know, patiently with your little nose pressed up against the screen door watching for the mailman, just hang tight because I am not going to send that out to you until I know I am not mailing you germs, okay? All right. The next thing I want to do is I want to take a moment and thank our sponsors, those of you who helped contribute towards our 2022 broadcasting license. I think it's very important that we stop and thank every single one of you because this show literally could not be on the air anymore if it were not for the help of our sponsors. We've been on the air now for 16 years and with the way things, the prices have risen on our broadcasting license, there's no way I could do this any longer on my own. So if it were not for the help from you, our listeners, our supporters, our readers, uh, everyone in our community, we, we just couldn't be doing this anymore. So it really is important to take the time to thank those of you who have reached into your pockets and have supported us being here. So... 
Our 2022 sponsors are Karen Depthrider DeWitt, Melvin Douglas Johnson, Gary and Noreen Snyder, Douglas Curry, George Wiley, Vicki Aqua. We need to check on Douglas Curry. Doug Curry. We have not heard from him in a while. George Wiley, Vicki Aqua, Debbie Kelly, Annie Tillery Waldo, Timothy Melton, Kevin Kraft, Alana Morris, Ronald P. Bremner, Jade Mist, Tard. Todd Carter, Paula Sweet, Lori Binder, Glenn Combs, and Trina Pierce. I also want to thank those of you who have made anonymous donations in the memory of John Music Mankays, our Appalachian poet, Philip Kent Church, Ray Neighbors, Rain Man, Glenn Still, Charles C.B. Banks, Cherry Rose, King's Cadence, and Rick Smith II. Thank you, all of you. We are at the end of our 2022 broadcasting year, and we currently have our 2023 sponsorship drive fundraiser going on to help cover our 2023 broadcasting license. If you're interested in being a sponsor for the show, you can go over onto my Facebook page, it's Nyla. If you're out of my contacts list, it's under Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, last name Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. And there is a link for our GoFundMe page. You can also make donations through PayPal, through Venmo, and through the show's um, cash app thing that we have set up. So there's quite a ways to contribute towards, and we're doing a running total even for the offline donations, um, we're keeping a running total of that on the GoFundMe page so that you guys can keep track of where we're at. It's been up for a couple of days. We've raised um, – let me jump on there real quick and see what that is. La, 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 la. $366 so far. And um, just want to thank all of you that have contributed. Appreciate you guys. And uh, if you can, please consider helping to sponsor the show, help keep us on the air, because like I said, literally, seriously, we cannot do this without the help. And I would hate to have to see the show go bye-bye. It would break my little heart. All right, so next, it is time for dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun. Do you guys know what it's time for? You know what it's time I'm never, I'm never ready with that Dremel. I suck at this. <laughs> it is time for Inspiration from the Inkwell, our mini workshop. So make sure you have your pens ready. As I go through this, if you don't get everything written down, don't worry. You can always come back after the show is over and re-listen to the beginning of the program and grab whatever you missed. Um, and remember, you know, it's a great a tool for you to access for your writing, by the way, because we do have 16 years worth of prod- podcasts. You can just jump on the first 15 minutes of any show and find something and go off and running if you need some prompts some night or just a little bit of inspiration. All right, so let's just jump right into this. I'm going to give you our poetry prompts for the week. As I go through these, keep in mind that poetry prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. Now, with that said, the prompt can be the title of the poem. It can be a line in your poem or the general concept of your poem. And beyond that, what you do with them is up to you. All right, so number your paper one through 14. Number one, tracks on the railroad. Tracks on the railroad. Stars began. Land where the stars began. Three, 
When nothing moves, nothing breathes. When nothing moves, nothing breathes. Number four, the reckoning hour. The reckoning hour. Number five, to reach the sun. To reach the sun. Number six, this is my story to tell. This is my story to tell. Number seven, and when she died, and when she died. Number eight, hidden in the fiddle. Hidden in the fiddle. Number nine, portrait of a black mother. Portrait of a black mother. Ten, the beast in the fog. The beast in the fog. Number eleven, Hearts cry in hunger, in hunger. Twelve, drowned the snake, drowned the snake. Number thirteen, history lesson, history lesson. Number fourteen, my story begins on the horizon. My story begins on the horizon. And then... Your two replay bonuses brought back from last week, just because they were that cool, are, one, the watching woman, the watching woman, and two, monologue by a river, monologue by a river. Now, remember, you can write one poem per prompt. You can mix and match the prompts. Use number 11 and grab 14, three, and then, oh, why not? Six, we'll throw six in there. All right, mix and match them as you want, or you can get real froggy and use all the lines in one poem. And for our theme this month, um, Celebrating Black History Month, I have, though ever so loosely, threaded these together to where they can be brought into a theme. All right, so I hope you have fun with those. Now, before you start writing to them, before you do anything, before you get get into the poems, remember that you need to do your pick apart a prompt writing exercise. And this exercise is a highlight that what you do with a prompt before you write to it is far more important than what you do write to it. It helps us get away from writing the typical first knee-jerk reaction direction that our brain takes is when we hear something that inspires us. It teaches us to dig deeper and find something that's more uniquely ours, to find our own personal voice, to find a direction to write in that isn't ordinary or end up writing the same poem that everybody else writes because we follow the common inspiration. It's where you look inside yourself and find stuff behind the fluff. All right. So to start this, I would like you to open up your journals. You don't need to do this right now. You can do it later. But when you start, I want you to open your journals and on a clean journal page at the top, I want you to write down the first prompt from this week. And then instead of writing a poem to it yet, I would like you to make a list of at least six different poems you could write to that prompt. And like I said, really explore these prompts. Twist them and turn them and shake them up and and find all of the different things that you can turn them into. All right, when you're finished with the first one, move on to the next and go on down the list until you have written at least six different ideas for poems you could write to each of the 14 prompts. And I guarantee you, you will not make it all the way through this exercise without an idea running away from you. Okay, now it is time for our writer's block is just an urban legend myth buster writing assignment. 
I think that as writers, we put way too much pressure on ourselves, thinking that every time we sit down to write, we have to create an amazing, incredible poem. And when we don't, we automatically blame it on writer's block. And I am here to dispel that myth. Writer's block does not exist. If we can pick up a pen and scribble on paper, we're writing. And therefore, how can writer's block exist? Nothing is ever stopping us from writing. Well, nothing but our own expectations of ourselves and what we think we should be doing. We need to let go of that and let ourselves breathe and free fall into our own minds. Let go of the reins, you know, kick down the fence and, and run away wild with ourselves. And fine, right? Those are pretty inspirational poster words, but what do I mean by that? What I mean is we need to give ourselves permission to make messy with our muses. We need to give ourselves permission to write crappy poems, to create something by finger-painting words instead of, you know, trying to compose perfectly penned poems, right, for the fun of writing. And it all sounds simple, right? But how often do we really let ourselves do that? I mean, seriously, ask yourself that. When do we not write with an agenda? Every time we sit down and write, you know that we're thinking about, I've got to post this. I wonder how many people are going to like it. I've got to create this great thing. And we don't. You need to let go of that. In this messy jumble of random that we write, that we allow ourselves to play in, roll around in, jump up and down in, kick cans in, that our greatest writings will find their roots. When you free your mind, it will take you places unfathomable. You know, don't be a parent to your muse. Think about that. All the things our parents, don't do that. Don't do this. Sit up straight. Eat all your vegetables. Don't be a parent to your muse. Don't suck the life out of it with your rules and self-imposed expectations. Turn up the music, kick off your shoes, run out the back door, pick up a stick to poke dead things with, and chase after your muse as fast as you can. You will find things there that you will never find pondering a blank black blank page, you know, just sitting there waiting for something to fill it in. Just have fun, spit it out and sort it out later. You'll become a much better writer because of all of the randoms you write than because of any one poem you write. All right. So this week's Mythbuster writing assignment is everything including the kitchen sink. So everything including the kitchen sink is another exercise I often use just to play with ideas, memory, observations, and yes, to pay attention to things that may call out to me that others may not see or notice. So to start, I would like you to choose a place, a room, an area you find yourself in that affects you for one reason or another. Maybe it's something, uh, someplace spiritual or fun, or dark, or romantic, or even mundane, like standing in front of the bathroom sink, or yeah, the kitchen sink. You can do this from memory, or by finding the place and actually being there. Once you choose your place, I want you to slow down your mind, close your eyes, or open them, and really think about where you are. On a clean page, I want you to free write everything you can think of that tells about this place. The look, the smell, the feel, the sound, the objects around you, all the details you can remember about the place that's very familiar or maybe makes you feel disconnected, the emotions that surround you, the voice it has, or even the face or personality or that lack thereof, anything and everything you can list to describe where you are. 
after you've made your list, I want you to go through the list and choose lines that stand out to you the most. And yes, you can edit the lines and work them into a poem. So food for thought, after you choose those lines and you write that poem, can you go through your list again and write a totally different poem about the exact same place using lines, different lines from the same list? So is this going to be a masterpiece? Maybe, but probably not. And wait, no, I'm not going to explain this. I could tell you why this is a really good assignment to do as a writer, but I want you to answer that for yourselves. Why do you think this is important? Or what do you think you will learn from doing this? How do you think it will help you as a writer? And are you willing to do things like this to help yourself grow? Are you worth that to yourself? So to wrap this up, key is to just write. Remember, be proactive in your musings, and your muse will have, will, will have a lot more fun playing with you. All right? Like I said last week, no one wants to be the instigator all the time. We need to cut our muses some slack and take the reins. Chase inspiration. Don't sit there and wait for it to come smack us between the eyes like a brick. So once again, I'm going to run through this week's poetry prompts very quickly. Remember, if you missed anything, come back after the show and listen to the podcast and grab them again. One, tracks on the railroad. Two, land where the stars began. Three, when nothing moves, nothing breathes. Four, the reckoning hour. Five, reach to the sun, or to reach the sun. Six, this is my story to tell. Seven, and when she died. Eight, hidden in the fiddle. Nine, portrait of a black mother. Ten, eleven, hearts cry in hunger. Twelve, drowned the snake. Thirteen, history lesson. Fourteen. My story, my story begins on the horizon. And then our two replay bonus from last week are one, the watching woman, and two, monologue by a river. And there you go. That is our workshop for this week. Remember, food for our creative souls. We are focusing on reading, reading, reading. If you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. You are what you eat. And that includes your brain as well. As our writer's discipline, I want you to go out every single day and write a haiku poem somewhere between point A and point B. Go out and find those 17 syllables. The American haiku is three lines with a 575-syllable count on those lines. So every day, go out and find something with 17 syllables. We trip over poems. We trip over inspiration all day long. And we're such a hurry, hurry, hurry following other people's directions that we forget to stop and listen to our own. So carry a pad and pen with you and write them down when you think about them, your 17 syllables. All right, so that's it for this week's addition to Inspiration from the Inkwell, dun, 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 our mini workshop. Remember, come back to the archives if you missed anything. Next, we are going to play a recording. We always start and end every episode with a track by one of you, our amazing poets. If you'd like to have your track played on the air, you can email those to me at the, T-H-E, the, speakeasycafe, gmail.com. Put audio track, MP3, something like that in the subject line for me. We'll get those uploaded to the show's library, and we will play them for the world. This week, we are going to play a track by Dilemma, and it is called What If a Black Girl Knew, and I love this piece. Here you go. What if a black girl knew that she would be desired by others only if she desired herself? 
that beauty is not a shade but a mindset and the best indicator of it is self-confidence as I talk some sense insert here confidence what if a black girl knew that her lips were plump and beautiful that she does not need to hold them in make them thin does not need to rely on Kylie Jenner to make her lips an attainable thing what if a black girl knew that there is no such thing as a perfect nose because the nose isn't meant to be perfect it's meant to help you breathe and if you can breathe black girl you've succeeded so what if a black girl knew that to be ratchet is a culture defined by the black goddesses whose weave could be any color and whose speech could be any kind of cross from slang to misplaced grammar such creativity so what does it matter Miley Cyrus does not need to twerk to generate praise for our culture but what if a black girl knew not to be bitter that her father like her sons were raised by black hands and you see in your father what you eventually see in your man for the molding of your father came from similar hands so if bitter is the sculptor then how sweet can be the man if bitter is a black girl then how sweet can be our clan what if a black girl knew that her rubies were hidden in the sand what if a black girl knew that her hair too was like finely refined wool and not a fiber of her hair was the opposite of cool but it reflects on the outside the struggle on the inside where natural meets the straightness that we take to our hatred hatred for ourselves that we project upon each other but what if a black girl knew that history recorded her as the most sought after that her bosoms were like raindrops that wouldn't dry after that her body was a magnet to worldwide wonder and the jealousy was so great that it polluted the perception of a black girl until a thousand years later now what if a black girl knew that she was that same creature that drove slave masters from wicked hate right down to love by the curves in her figure eight but that figure eight billion dollar figures in the bank account of that coke bottle corporation launched by the shape of that same figure eight figure out black girl figure out the figures match the years of social degrading deliver to the black girl's demise check your figures media ratings 1000 Caucasians on the red carpet only two black girls make the cut and they wonder why we can't grow let me guess because there are more dark girls than Lupita Nyong'o but what if a black girl knew the life is what you make of it and opportunities are what you take from it and there will be no female black president if no black girl wants to become it what if a black girl knew not to be victim not to be pacquio but to be floyd because this may weather leave sun rays on our lawn what if a black girl stop waiting for the defeat to spring from our floors what if a black girl knew that she would no longer take the abusive relationship between her and the media but decided to make wedding bands between her and her mirror what if a black girl knew that change is possible and greatness is personal and though it is black girls at the bottom of the social totem pole pressure makes diamonds so it's time black girls to make your diamonds glow what if a black girl knew 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 that was an amazing piece by dilemma absolutely love that All right guys. So, guess what? It's time to get you on the air. So, once again, the number to call in if you would like to call in and read tonight is 646-595-3965. 
at 646-595-3965 if you would like to call in and read. If you are on hold, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in, such as 567 is our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. When I bring you on, please, I am begging you, (laughs) introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading. That way I don't get inundated with a ton of little Beep, 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 private messages saying, who is this, who is this, who is this, and I can pay attention to you. And you never want to send your work out into the world without your name on it. You are literally verbally publishing your poem right now. We have 16 years worth of archives. So if you throw your poem out there and your name's not attached and someone comes in 20 years from now and listens to your poem, that's not a good thing. Make sure you introduce yourself. Make sure that you put your name onto your work. Right now, you can read two poems, and if it gets too busy tonight, I need to get back to just one, I will let you know. I'm going to try to keep my comments down to the minimum because I tend to get a little long-winded sometimes, and then I have to rush in the end, and I don't want that to happen. So I'm going to try to keep my comments to a minimum, make sure that we give you time to get all your reads in. When you are done reading, please make sure that you give out your URL. It's really important that people know how to find you and come and get to know you and your work better, of course, before you come back here and read again next week. And then remember that we have a mature rating. So I never know what you guys are going to read when I unmute your lines, with the exception of hardcore erotica, adult porn poems. I know you all know better than that. We have mature rating, not an adult rating. So no bumping body parts, no tab A into slot B. Otherwise, other than that, you are good to go. I'm going to go ahead and give the first three three callers so you kind of have a heads up that you're coming up fairly quickly. Our first caller, as I said, is area code 567, followed by 860 and then 702. I do want to let area code... 619 know that you were in the lineup earlier and it looked like your call dropped and you called back in. You have your original place in line if you would like to still come on and read in your original place. Go ahead and press 1 now and that will let me know that it's okay to unmute you when it's your turn. You have not lost your place in line. If you're here just hanging out and listening and want to come on a little bit later and read, that's fine. Just press 1 whenever you're ready to come on and uh, we'll get you on the air. So that goes as well for area code 503 and area code 619. Neither one of you right now are in the lineup for me to unmute. There we go, 619, I got you. So I will bring you on um, in order that you called in so you haven't lost your place. And 503, I see you down there. If you'd like to come on the air, please press one, and that will let me know it's okay to bring you on. All right, let's go ahead and grab... Pineapple 16 at area code 567. Yes, hello. 1616. Hello. Thank you, dear. How are you doing? Not too bad. It is uh, 63 degrees in northwest Ohio today, which is crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's super windy, though, of course. It's just like late March weather, but uh, there's typically during the winter, Lake Erie 
has ice fishermen, but there's not going to be anybody fishing on the ice this year. It's usually a February thing because as it gets cold through January and the lake freezes and freezes more and more, then people go out there. They drive their truck out there and they put little tents up or little small buildings and then they carve a hole in the ice and then they fish. But it's not going to be frozen this year. Huh. Well, tell me, my dear, what did you bring for us tonight? Well, um, since you mentioned COVID, uh, the first poem I'm going to do, I wrote almost three years ago when the pandemic started and people started hearing about COVID and based on the news at the time, um, I wrote this poem and then made a video, put it on YouTube. But um, the information in this poem is mostly still relevant. So here we go. Uh, I don't know that it really has it. I guess the title would be COVID Advisory Poem. So you've all seen the news. I don't want to sound mean with this advisory poem from Pineapple 16. Stop touching your face. It's the only place the virus wins the race. Infected people spread droplets when they cough and sneeze. Your hands acquire the virus with relative ease. It lives for hours on things that you might touch. Your chances of infection increase very much. When your hands get near your mouth, nose, or eyes, your phone is probably the worst. It's no surprise that the virus is spreading fast and will win every race because you continue touching your face. So stop letting the virus find its place. It wants to invade the holes on your face Wash your hands with soap half a minute just in case, and please help yourself by not touching your face. And that's the end of that one. I like that. Maybe if people would listen to that, I wouldn't have gotten COVID. I wouldn't be sitting here sick right now, right? (laughs) Exactly. I'll tell you what, people, you don't want this. It sucks so bad. I can't even tell you how miserable this is. All right, darling, are you reading two tonight? Yes, I will. I I have another one that um, since Valentine's is coming up, this one I wrote uh, back when I was going to the one. There was several open mics in Toledo, and there was one I went to every Tuesday night. And this other poet named Michael Hackney suggested in early February that for Valentine's Day, we should write a poem about a first kiss or something relating to that. And so I came back one week later with my poem, and I read it that night at Open Mic. And um, I will explain more about it a couple – I will explain one little thing about it after I read the poem. 
but so this is called My First Kiss. It was at a party that I first saw you. There were lots of people there. I remember seeing you from across the room. I knew that everything about you was perfect, including your curves. I also remember being shy and wondering if I would be able to get close to you without a lot of people around. I was so young, I had not yet even experienced the delight of a kiss. I was against a wall, staring at you, pondering the pleasure I would enjoy if I had the opportunity to unwrap you. I smiled slyly as I imagined the joy of caressing you with my lips and feeling you against my tongue. My thoughts of tasting your sweetness overwhelmed me. My desire for you pushed me to approach you. The timing was perfect as the crowd around you dispersed, and I immediately swooped in with the opportunity to seize the moment, to seize the joy, to seize the chocolatey goodness that was my first kiss. And that's the end of my first kiss, which was made by Hershey's, a little droplet of chocolate. (laughs) Of course you have to read something about food. (laughs) Exactly. And the thing I wanted to say about that was my audience, who had heard other poems from me with that kind of deception, um, there was was an interesting – tension in the room but um one of my favorite things about it is i read that to my grandmother uh like a week or so after that and of the many 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 times that i have visited my grandma over the decades uh i made her smile sometimes i made her laugh one time and it was with that poem because when it got to the end and she realized I was talking about chocolate, she burst into laughter. So it was kind of cool. <laughs> That's funny. But, yeah, I didn't even think about the fact Our... that it's another one that I wrote about food just because it's always yeah, – It's like 80% of what you write about even. is food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, baby. Tell everyone how they can come over and find you and get to know your amazing work. Um, well, the big, the big, the best place is YouTube. Lots of videos on there. I got poetry playlists, and um, uh, there's also a video of the first time that I performed that poem at that Toledo open mic of my first kiss. And then at the end, I present a Hershey kiss in my hand for visual aid in case anyone in the audience didn't understand what I was talking about. But um, also iTunes and Facebook, um, Pineapple 16, and the 16 is spelled X-V-I. So <laughs> when you perform it. that live, you just need to have like a whole handful of kisses in your pocket when you're done reading, just throw them out to the audience like they do in a parade? Well, I actually did buy a whole bag. And I had them sitting you near my it. seat, and then I I pointed to them so that the other people in the room. I said, "Hey, there's a whole bag of Hershey Kisses right there." So I, it was it was pretty cool. 
<laughs> That's awesome. All right, sweetheart, great job tonight. Thank you so much, and uh, yeah, you're awesome. All right, we will be here. Thank you, sweetie. Yep. Ciao. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 860. Miss Jessica, you are on the air. Hi, Nyla. <laughs> Hi, uh, sweetheart. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, now, um, what was going to say? Okay, this is Jessica Brooke, by the way. Um, and you'll be happy to hear that both poems and readings stemmed from things you said last week in the Inspiration from Inkwell. So, uh-huh. uh, it just makes me so happy. Yes. So the first one, um, you know how you said the five-line poem about an emotion? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, this is, I don't have a title. It's probably just, I don't have a title, but, okay. Hate lives, breathes, feeds. Red is fire, burning, uncontrolled. Hate happens most when deeply hurt by another. Hate sounds like nails slamming into metal that won't give. Hate lives, breathes, feeds. End poem. See, wasn't that fun? Yeah, actually. I don't know why first thing that comes to me is hate. My friend's like, why hate? Why couldn't you do love? I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's just boring, and I don't know. It's just boring. <laughs> well, you know, they say that, that being happy or content is like, like, the worst thing for a poet, you know, that it's it's those very intense emotions, you know, love, hate, sorrow. Those are the things that really grab us and cause us to write. But being content and happy is like just it's poison for us. <laughs> so it doesn't. It makes a little sense. Good. Okay. Um, the second one is comes from. Um, The first line of the poem is the prompt. Black tears. Where the grass is worn down by her husband's grave, I see her silently sit each and every day. As tears run black as the ink on the page she writes upon, fervently, constantly, lamentingly, she sings softly in barely audible whispers, yet I hear each love you and miss you. I try not to overhear, yet the grave of my love is right next to hers. Often I sit and cry, as she does, slowly wearing the grass away. End poem. Slowly wearing the... Was that a... That was a prompt, too, wasn't it? I, I don't know which number, but I, uh, I just happened to write it down because I liked it while you were saying them. I didn't write them all down. But the prompt is where mm-hmm. the grass is worn down. Yeah. 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 Uh, you, that's, you get so many kudo points for doing your homework. I can't even tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to. I definitely your teacher, wrote them all down. Your teacher's pet. I could do that. It's the only inspiration besides one other poem that I had all week. So it helps. Thank you. So, well, I can't wait happy. to see what you do with them. Yeah, me too. So um, let me see. So we can get other people on here. You can find me on YouTube, Jessica Brooke Apostrophe S Poetry. And on Facebook, my author page is Jessica Brooke Poetry. And Brooke has an E at the end. 
Thank you, Nyla. Um, I had a wonderful time, and I'm looking forward to looking at your prompts and getting inspiration for next week. Perfect, and I can't wait for you to come back. Thank you, sweetheart. You did a great job tonight. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Great job, Jessica. All right. Needs no introduction. Dun-dun-dun. Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring on 702. 702, you're on the air. How you doing, my little sicky? You little sicky. <laughs> I am doing sickie. absolutely fine. I just want to reach through just, the reach through the airwaves and give you a big hug, but I know that would be kind of dumb because COVID and all that. Yeah, oh, you don't I don't want these nasty germs. I, you know, I was really thinking that I would be over it by now. I've had it for over a week, and they'd put me on some special medicine um, for it. And, you know, I'm still testing positive. I'm still sick, and it's still just hanging on there. So I'm really, really, really over it, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah. But being here, like I said, poetry is the best medicine. So being here with you guys is just like my highlight for the week because I sit here, I'm, I'm like being held prisoner in my office. I bought a recliner and brought it in here and I am just cloistering away here in my office watching this crazy show on Netflix or something like that where a bunch of kids make things out of Play-Doh. And that, that is my days, you know, and, and sleeping, that is sleeping. <laughs> Well, I, I can definitely understand that. You got to keep your mind active. And hey, who knows? The Play-Doh might inspire a poem. Uh, I know. I need somebody to send real. me some Play-Doh now. <laughs> right. All right. So I'm going to get this ball rolling here, Nyla. Get the other poets on. I am Jimmy Ray Davis, word machinist. And uh, real quick, uh, excellent job by Pineapple 16. That is XVI, Pineapple 16, Roman numeral. Always, always entertaining, always fun to listen to. And Jessica mm-hmm. Brooke, what can I say? I just could not be more proud of her. She's spreading her wings. She's just exploring all kinds of new territory poetically for her, and she's doing a fantastic job, and it's great to hear both of those pieces, which uh, I had read them previously, and she did a wonderful job. Um, I want to start out with a poem that, uh, and I didn't send you the other one, but I read it here before. You're just going to have to trust me on this. But this first one is... Um, well, that I posted today as a video. And the significance of this is it was written, as I was looking at the copyright of it, it was written in 2017. Do you know why that's significant? Why? Because that was during my big seven-year cop-out. We're calling it cop-out, not, not writer's thoughts, so that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And the, fact, and the fact that I did write it's not a cop-out. It was a and, break. Including... It, it was no, it was a cop out because I the the, th- the reason why writer's block is a myth and why I'm totally 100 percent on board with you on this is that when we are given a reason for something where we're not able we feel we're not able to do something and there's a name put to it and a lot of people are buying into it and everybody's talking about it. oh yeah writer's block writer's block it's real easy to adopt that and stop trying and that's exactly what I did but obviously during that period of time I did write including this one which is proof that I was not blocked. So anyway, there's that. (laughs) This is called The Blood is Mine. 
I see you there. Your creaking chair belies your youthful grin. Yet the corpses keep on piling up. Where do I begin? Your smile half lascivious, half crimson bloody slash. These tears assuage my misery. I've forgotten how to laugh. Remembrance clings to my chagrin when I joined your dire deeds till you threw me away, a mangled stray, as the hunger overtook your need. Now the countryside is empty. Townships moved away. Just you and me in this dark abode. A deadly game is played. Every afternoon without delay, I bring your blood on time, knowing it's not enough to call your bluff, for the blood I give is mine. And boom. I I love that when I read it and I commented to you, you know, the things we do for love. You know, you just you talk you talk about this guy and you know, he's just absolutely you know, it's it's like someone who's abused you have to admit your own addiction and in this poem he's like admitting his addiction to this whole situation and even though he knows it's absolutely you know draining him of everything he's still there he's still giving and you know there's even that that sense of foreboding doom that he sees himself coming to but it's like he has no choice but to do what he's doing. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And you really did nail it. And it's a, it's a very special piece because it shows how in poetry we can literally write a dual story or, or a dual portrayal. Um, and, and because that on the surface works as a, as a vampire story. Um, but it really, mm-hmm. really truthfully, the vampires are a metaphor. And it is for exact, exactly all the reasons you said, for, for a relationship, for those abuses and those things that you can find yourself forgiving or feeling you can't break away from. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. that was, that was kind of funny to that one again. And like I said, that was written during the block. Now for uh, next up for black history month, I would like to read this. And um, I have read it once before. I don't know if you remember it. You may remember it. It's called uncaged the ballad of Jimmy Freeman. Jimmy Freeman was a free man who never worked a day out in the fields. He walked straight as an arrow, mindful of all he could not yield. With his worn-out jeans, old gray hat, and a good time on his mind, he'd roll the dice, take a chance on any game he'd find. He was free as a million birds, but his love would remain forever caged. Rockwood was a slave town, an evil den of thugs with iron fists. Nika was a broken soul, never knowing what it was to feel bliss. Condemned to a life he didn't choose, a blister in the sun, beaten to an inch of life the day he tried to run, he was looking for the only key to finally break out of his rusty cage. Rebecca was the master's wife, pale like an angel made of snow, a blonde tall beauty with a smile that lit up everyone who felt its glow. The master was a bad man who cheated and who lied. She hated what he had become evil deep inside. The beauty resided within her, but her heart simply felt forever caged. Some boys had set fire to a house down at the end of Hawthorne Street. Those poor folks burned alive while the all-white fire department dragged their feet. 
The preacher intoned harshly as he gazed up at the sky. Dear Lord, why, oh, why did this family have to die? He was shaking both his fists, trying to somehow break out of his cage. Jimmy knew he had to go and save Mika from that master devil's lair. He stopped in town at the barber shop to get a nice trimming of his hair. He asked how far it was up to the Jacobs farm. The barber said, listen, boy, you're risking grievous harm. Jimmy thanked him, flipped the coin, and set out to break his brother's cage. Rebecca caught the eye of the handsome man stepping on the street. She flashed it. She flashed her smile, and Jimmy caught its warmth and felt its mighty heat. For love at first sight here in this forbidden town would cause a churn of heads to turn and be looked on with a frown. Rebecca turned and hurried on, mindful of her place and of her cage. Mika was down in the hole, punishment for not working fast enough. The master had beaten him so badly that his back was laced with cuts. Up top, the dinner bell clanged out for the slaves all to wait, but there would be no lukewarm porridge upon Mika's plate. He closed his eyes and settled in for a cold, hard night inside his cage. Jimmy and Rebecca met behind the abandoned church in Rockwood. They kissed, and though they risked death, it felt so righteous and so good. They made a plan, a crazy scheme to meet at Mika's lair. Late that night, despite the stench of bloodshed in the air, Jimmy kissed her one last time, promising escape from their cage. The master looked out at the field, sensing something coming in the night. He rounded up his hired henchmen, ready enough to kill dead on sight. Jimmy leveled his shotgun, brought the master to his knees. The henchmen all ran away, despite the master's pleas. Rebecca shot him in the head then produced the key to Mika's cage. Running hard towards the woods, the trio tried escaping in the dark. A shot rang out like a thunderbolt, piercing through Mika's tender heart. Jimmy and Rebecca ran towards the Stockton steel rails. The bloodhounds were closing in, picking up the lover's trail. Jimmy pulled her into a boxcar, ready to defy the hangman's cage. Up north, they found a little place with a picket fence and wild rambling rows. Despite hard times, they made a life and ran a little store down by the grove. They drank a toast to Mika on the eve of the new year, then kissed to celebrate with wedding bells for all to hear, thankful for eternity that they were finally free, turning the page truly and finally uncaged. And boom. I really love the way that in that, you showed all you showed how everybody was like a victim to the cage that they were in you know that that everybody was dictated to by social uh conformities things that you know were socially acceptable or things you were were not supposed to do you know what was proper wasn't i mean everybody has that cage that they walk in and you know, I, I especially like the part where you were talking, you know, about the preacher standing there and shaking his fists in the air, you know, just wanting to be able to break out of that cage where, you know, you know that all, you know, all men are loved, all men are the same, all men should be free, all of this stuff. And you just, you know, why? Why is it like this? It's not supposed to be like this. I, just, I thought that was a great right, Jimmy. Well, thank you so much. It, um, yeah, it, it just it. 
you know, it came to me as um, the story kind of came together fairly quickly, but it, it ended up as will happen with some of my pieces. It ended up a little longer than I intended. But, uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's sensitive uh, subject matter. It's, it was uh, – the setting was a terrible time. Um, but I didn't want to shy away from any of it, and I wanted to try to make a portrayal um, the best that I could uh, of what – many different um, factions, many different people were going through at that time. And um, I, overall, I'm happy with how it came out. So, um, and, I'll, and I'll make sure to post that on your uh, page, too. So we'll get that in there for this special month. Uh, that would be awesome. Now i got to make – absolutely. i got to make way now. Uh, and uh, so we're machinists. You can find me at – Instagram, TikTok, Poetizer, under the name Word Machinist, right here on Facebook. You can find me on my author page called Jimmy Ray Davis Poetry. Come by, check it out, and I'll support you back. I always do. Uh, and much love and support to this show now that you've been kept running for so long through calm and stormy weather, in good health, and in sickness. And we, I know we all appreciate <laughs> it, and we appreciate you. Well, I am just very fortunate to be here with you guys, so thank you. And I appreciate you, Jimmy. Been here since the beginning, dude. Absolutely. Hope you feel better soon, and uh, we'll definitely catch you next time. I'll listen in for a little longer before I get started on my next video. Awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Love you, Nana. Take care. Love you, too, hon. All right, our next caller comes from area code. I'm going to go ahead and give you the next three. We have 731-850 and then 619 will be our next caller. So let's go ahead and grab Mr. Michael Todd at 731. You are on the air. Nala, it's great to hear your voice. You sound magnificent. You don't sound like a COVID individual at all. You know, I have worked in radio since I was 18 years old, and come hell or high water, when that light goes on and you're on the air, you'd be amazed at the things you can do. <laughs> but I am, you know, I've, I've been in this stupid little room all by myself, and I am just so joyful right now to be able to share time with you guys. You have no idea. And to be able to talk to people instead of looking at the four walls because, you know, I've got the creeping crud nobody wants to be around me. <laughs> so I, I am full of joy right now. I can't even tell you. So thank you. Well, there, that there is what you're hearing in my voice of, is joy. There, there are two kinds of on-air radio personalities in this world, the kind that say, um, and the kind that have figured out how to not say, um. And you never say, um. Oh, you'll be thinking about that when you listen to the radio now, won't you? I will. But you know what I do say a lot is I'll go, you know, you know, that's that's a phrase that I say way too much. I'll be talking and then I'll say, you know, like, you know, so I need to I need to I, I, I'm very conscious of that. I need to work on that one. I've never noticed that's that. My so own. it must not be as much as you think it is. Hmm. Well, good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, um, as I do every Thursday night, uh, go back and and recalling all my old stories and poems and and editing them, gosh, editing's fun, 
and uh, and then eventually when I'm satisfied with it, after a few modifications, I print them off and I put them in a stack. Maybe in two or three years, I'll have the whole stack, give it to my kids, so they'll have to, something to sell after I'm dead and gone. Maybe they'll get rich. But uh, <laughs> uh, if they if they've read any of them yet, I don't know. I, I did see where Carter read uh, something a sonnet that I did 12 years ago, and he just absolutely berated me for my lack of articles because I detest A and and B. They they just taste they take up they take up space. You know what I mean? I don't need them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, anyway, this this right here is what I'm on right now. It's not a poem, but I don't know. Kind of makes me happy. It's 15 years old, and it's about something that happened in 1973, which is 50 years ago. So uh, 50 years ago, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe someone out there will relate to this. This is called The Streaker by Michael Todd. Back in my high school days, along about 1973, there was a fad going on nationwide called streaking. For those of you who were around back then, you will remember this was a shocking craze. For those who have not heard of this phenomenon, y'all ain't going to believe this. Streaking was all about folks taking off their clothes and running from here to there for no particular reason other than to get attention. Surprisingly, this was almost socially acceptable in some circles, but not all. There were several arrests made in Memphis over this, and all it seemed to do was make the dedicated streaker try harder. For all the amusement this trend provided to the general public, local law enforcement officials were none too pleased. Put your hands behind your back. No, way behind your back. You can imagine. This is an account I had one Friday morning at school between two girls, Carol and Marta, and myself, as best I can recall. Part one. Carol, we saw you streaking at Memphis State last night. Marta, we were there, too, just to watch. Mike, it wasn't me. I wasn't there last night. The fact is, I was nowhere near the Highland Strip. I was in White Haven at Essie's Lounge with several people. While that's not exactly where a 17-year-old was supposed to be, I could prove I was there if needed. Part two, Carol, you were great, as she was smiling. Marta, nodding. Yeah, you really were, Mike, shrugging in peace. <laughs> uh, take the praise where you can get it. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, absolutely. You know, if they'd have said, you know, you have a really funny-looking butt, then the, you would have said, no, but wait, I really have proof I was there, you know, but it's it's that whole pride thing, you know. <laughs> uh, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that, loved, loved, loved that. Okay. Uh, also, just pull this off. I've read this on the show twice. Twice. I love this poem. It really. It's it's a favorite of mine that I've written. Um, it's from 2010. It's called 
The Taste of Lime by Michael Dodd. Here's to the emo girl sporting the purple streaked hair, dancing to a shoegaze shuffle, never moving from here to there. Tresses no longer tied in black. Two steps forward leads to a setback. Though she smiles on the inside, shows a look of despair. Shout out to the scene girl, notorious club confidant, running with the pack, stunning, shunning signs of detente. She's already leaving when she arrives, constantly scheming as she contrives, leaving you with a handful of gimme and a pocket full of want. Three cheers for the raver, strutting seamlessly to thrash. When she looks you in the eye, let's not try to talk trash. Rotating mosh is her folly by choice. Wall of death is her time to rejoice. Metal maven on the prowl in search of an ultimate clash. Over time, it seems I have come to become an observant fellow. Paid club bouncer, can't back down or be perceived yellow. Just when I think I've seen it all, some chick answers a new Clairol call. Looks like lemon, tastes like lime, and smells like Morello. End poem. That was awesome. That was absolutely incredible, Michael. I've never been a bouncer. I made it all up, I swear. <laughs> uh, you can make up whatever the next you question want. Is, whatever well, how you did say. you research all that? How did you research all that? Mm, I have friends. I have, I have to be a bodyguard sometimes. <laughs> I should have known I wasn't going to get a real answer there. Just nope. more to the mystery, my dear. If you want all your mysteries solved in life, you can come to my poetry page, miketodd.blogspot.com, M-Y-K-E. T-O-D-D dot blogspot dot com. I'm there. Uh, membership has privileges. Night. I'm coming to your porch swing. Do what? I said membership has its privileges. I'm coming to your porch swing. Well, now, I'll tell you what. I, my porch swing is where I go to practice reading stuff. No kidding. I really do. Well, I can go there. I'll send you some, I'll send you some audio from the port swing sometime, but you have to keep it just between us. I promise. Absolutely promise. Deal. Fantastic. We're looking forward to that time. But as for this time, you know what time it is? It's time for me to step aside and make room for the real poet. That's what Which you I say. <laughs> hey. All right, sweetheart. What? Great show going. Keep it rolling. Always. Always. Bye. As long as I can. Bye, Michael. All right. Our next caller comes from out on the river, stem to stern, port to bow. I'm probably saying that all wrong, but it is our riverboat captain at area code 850. Thank you. You're on the air. <laughs> Hey, Nala, how you doing? 
saying awesome, Rich. How are you, sweetheart? I'm doing all right. I wish I was on the river and not out here dealing with this. Uh, we're in the intercoastal waterway between New Orleans and Houston, and uh, and it's like somebody kicked the top off a mad anthill. Uh, uh, the, the barge industry is nuts right now, and traffic is ridiculous and Fun, 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 but uh, uh, still here. I'm uh, sorry. I try. I tried to call in last last week. Uh, for whatever reason, I can't connect to the show using Wi-Fi calling, and for whatever reason, it doesn't. It tries to use the network, and uh, there's one spot on my back porch where I can stand and I can call and connect. And it was about 30 degrees and blowing rain, so I, could, I couldn't do that <laughs> Thursday night. But, uh, you know, you have to have some kind of a limit, right? You know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, ded- I'm dedicated, but you know, I, there's, there's <laughs> I even, understand even I have completely, limits. love. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Oh. Well, what do you have anyway, for us tonight, uh, baby? Oh, well, I thought about that, and uh, I know Jessica read her uh, deal she did on your five-line exercise, and mm-hmm. I kind of did a little one on, I did a little one on that, too. I took some liberties with it, but I, 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 I basically, that's what this is. Uh, but this is called Lonely in My Veins. This beautiful, lonely in my veins, redder than the roses that bloom in your name. Tonight the moon calls me to the meadow where love raged and where the whippoorwill is moaning his melancholy blues. Oh, this beautiful, lonely in my veins. End poem. I love that. I love the beautiful, lonely. There's a poem that I wrote where um, I'm talking about being out in the desert when I do my, my trips out there and, and um, you know, somebody asked me, how can you stand being out in the desert all by yourself for three, four weeks at a time? And it's like, it's, it's the most beautiful, lonely I know. So when I heard you say that line, it just made me kind of smile because, you know, sometimes there is this, this amazing pleasure in something that's supposed to be something negative. You know, and it is uh, all perception. It is all how we choose to deal with it. But I, I love that line. Jim Jim Harrison wrote a lot about that, and whether in the UP of Michigan or out in Arizona in the desert out there, you know, it, 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 the the whole thing about you know lonely, but there's a bit, there's a beautiful to it. You know, this is a this is a this is a Oh, you know, I'm kind of kind of juggling the two emotions there, both with lonely. But anyway, oh, uh, that mm-hmm. was cool. I like that exercise. That was. Oh, uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I'll do something else with that. And it is a any, real any, good any, one. Uh, it's a fun one. What's that? If it is a real good one, it's a fun one. I'm glad you did it. Thank you. Yes. 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 Okay, and uh, let's see, let's do, uh, how about we have our stuff together here? 
da, 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 da. I read that one last time. Let's see this one here. Uh, this is called Still We Sing Hungry. I carved myself into stories. Eyes with shades half drawn, squint at the truth. With fingers to mouth, you watch my inner child fly a kite with no string. It's not enough to simply be born and to dance in the casualty of hope. Like wild dogs, we just get used to the rain, but still we sing hungry. In poem. Sorry about that radio. <laughs> you have some accompaniment there. That's nice. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry about that. Yeah. And you probably no, recognize your you probably recognize one of your prompts in that the kite with no string. Mhm. You yeah. guys are just like all up in my homework tonight. I am just so you have no idea. I'm like I'm like Snoopy dancing on my desk. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Makes me happy. Thank you. That's uh, great. Uh, I do appreciate them and. I go back and listen to every episode, and uh, I have a whole list of the list of the prompts, and I play with them, and I take liberties with them, and I combine them, and just 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 do all sorts of stuff with them. If you go into the photo albums on my Facebook page, uh-huh. there is a album called Prompts, and it's got I a whole bunch of. of- lists on there. Have you? Oh, good. Oh, good. Okay. Well, then you're I'll on it. Every, I'll save every one this. of them. <laughs> They're wonderful. Well, <laughs> I, so I bet I'll I bet more put up there then. Yes. I am I'm way behind, yes, so I'll get more some more put up for you. Uh, one quick question. Could you, uh, would you mind uh-huh. dropping in the chat? Uh, I haven't been on there in a minute. I've been dealing with traffic here, but could you drop in the chat the GoFundMe for the for the show, or what? Can, or the yes. link, where the, I can where do that I get for it? You. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. I sure do I appreciate do it, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. Well, loving everybody. So read. Tell everyone and, uh, how they can find you. Oh, uh, there. Oh, yeah. Uh, DeadSocietyPoet.com <laughs> is my website. All my social media is Dead Society Poet. Twitter, Instagram, or in uh, TikTok is growing, but uh, Twitter and Instagram, Insta being my main one, and uh, the TikTok is growing. Facebook is actually doing fairly well these last few weeks. So, uh, but DeadSocietyPoet.com, DeadSocietyPoet. Perfect. I All right, appreciate you. Well, we appreciate you so much. You have no idea. It's just an absolute amazing day when Jimmy brought you into our family. Well, I appreciate it. I'm eternally grateful for Jimmy and uh, enjoying uh, and, and just enjoying enjoying everybody's work. Uh, really enjoying all the new people I've, uh, to to follow. I found here and enjoy listening when I can. And uh, but y'all have a good one. We're about to drop the hammer on this old girl, so. I'm about to make a whole bunch of noise. <laughs> awesome, awesome. All right, sweetheart, we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much, Rich. All right, thank you, Nyla. Y'all have a good one. You too, hon. Bye-bye.
All right. Our next caller comes from area code. Where did she go? 619. Why 619? Did we lose her again? All right. So we had 619 on here. And I don't know where she went. So hopefully she'll call back in. We'll watch for her call back in. Um, yeah, I don't see her on the line anymore. So we'll just see if she calls back. All right, let's go ahead and grab Erica. We've got 832 followed by 419 and then 615. Let's go ahead and grab 832. You are on the air. Okay, uh, Mr. Blue Blue, it's so good to hear from you. Hi. <laughs> How you doing, baby? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Soldier Blue? Well, I'll tell you what. I'm glad mine has come down to being those short bouts of just thunderous nonsense for about three days, and then, I, then I'm out the other end. But... uh I mean, I mean, I was in 2020. I was like sick for like almost three months, and I still can't taste hardly anything you, or smell anything. Do you have COVID right now too? Huh? No, no. Do you like have I said, my, right I don't know what too? it is, but I mean, it's cause, cause I oh. never see, even even when even when I went through the three month thing, I I never tested mm-hmm. positive once. I don't know what that is, but like I said, it's like, like, you know, but I mean, all the symptoms were there. Everything that they were talking about was there, but no, never, never tested uh, positive even once. But, but, I, but wow. I promise you, I got, I probably got sicker off of that doggone vaccine than I did from just being sick. I didn't like that at <laughs> all. I was about to go hit, I was I'll about to go hurt what, somebody. I'm real thankful right now. <laughs> I'm real thankful that I got the Real thankful I got the vaccine. It's taken, you know, I knew that someday I would eventually get it. You know, it's just kind of like yeah. a, it's, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. There's just, you know, people just, it's just going to, you know. So, yeah. you know, as bad as I'm feeling right now, I'm really glad that I did because I can't even imagine what it would be like if it's worse than this because this is just horrible. Oh, it, so. oh well, dear, let's put it this way. If I hadn't have been taking my people's medicine, to help me get over what they put in me with that, that vaccine, I don't know if I'd be here. And I'm not even I'm not even joking a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's the, that thing with they whatever they whatever they had in that shot knocked me down lower than the floor. For real. Wow. I couldn't do it. I mean, I don't I don't go against you know if you know if other people can you know hey more power to you you know I'm glad you can do that I I know I can't. But um, anyway, I just I'm, I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better, and you know things are hopefully things are starting to steady out some, you know as far as like how things you know how you how you're feeling, and um, I I don't normally do this, but I am gonna I am gonna do it to this evening. Uh, it, I got uh, two pieces, and one of them is like more like. Uh, I guess you could say kind of like, uh, like, like I don't even know how to describe it. Being like somewhere, somewhere between spiritual and dream, and then one is just straight up blood and fire. 
So, so whichever one, whichever one you want me to, to hear first. Um, I want to hear Blood and Fire second. Second. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's fine. Um, is a um, I've I've been there's a book that I've been reading, uh, uh by a lady by the name of uh, oh Doug Gunner, what's her name? Uh, Ki- uh, Robin Wall Kimmerer. And um, I just came through a, a passage where she's talking about. Uh, yeah, well, she 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 deals a lot with plants, and she deals with the, not so much the conservation of, but more in terms of the difference between uh, Western like scientific uh, viewpoints of of plants as opposed to traditional medicine and traditional uh, native interaction with plants. And uh, it's very interesting, you know, some of the you know some of the things that I've the, that I have. Uh, been learning from that book. It's called. And if you're interested, you, it, it's really a cool book because it's it's, it's basically written in the kind of like I guess you could say like the female sense of what it is to be native. And it's called Braiding Sweetgrass. Is the name of the book. It, and I like I said, I think you'd enjoy it. I love the title. Um, you know, sweet, yeah, sweet no, grass, like say, it's a, sweet grass is one of those things that just enveloped me and stopped me in my oh, tracks, yeah. and it's well, like an aphrodisiac for my brain. It, it's one of those things yeah. that just, oh, I can't even tell you, sweet grass. Oh my God, it's so good. And, oh yeah, she'll yeah, she'll tell you all, she'll tell you all about it too in terms of you know again, like I say, you know, various of the aspects of that. And um, so this piece here is 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 uh, you know come from that in terms of, I don't want to take too much because it's, it's going to unfold itself and you'll, 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 you'll hear, you know, what it is, um, what it is that's, you know, why I, I want to just let it do that by on its own without, without, uh, you know, like doing, doing the spoiler alert thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is, this is, well, let's see here. I must, I, this, this is kind of weird too. I, I started writing in this little book. And I, before I even started that piece, I started just a free, kind of like a free, uh, free uh, form page. But it, but it actually kind of ties into what the what the the piece I wrote, you know, specifically, you know, was, was talking about. So I'm just going to start off with the, I'm going to start off with that anyway. It's the the, the free form piece or free form page. Let's put it that way. Time has a steady beat. Blood born with gravity forward. Yeah. The words come slowly, but they come rich with sound and desire. Heart's wounds wound too tight. Cut the cord. Thornsy. You will see yourself within yourself. Bones pulled back in place. Well, he. Summer skies. Blue, almost blue. As the crows fly, we gather sunshine from above us and pray for winter's end. Bathe. Lichens. The press of molded skin upon stones. They do not eat meat. They do not dance beneath the lighted moon. 
Their name is not even spelled the same as the trending of the present day, macabre. Silver is no bane and bullet is no real defense or even necessary. They were first life to a barren land. Translations lend them definition, meaning they are the ear of stones. They have been here since before man, lichen relative to the moss, part of what is natural element, natural resource, and became the base for a spiritual cycle. Respect for all things sacred. They have given nothing away. They are themselves. Red earth, it is for us to pay attention. Silent beings say a lot, speak of many things, many weather-worn dreams we don't always remember. Maybe we weren't born yet. Blue songs, star flames, at the hour just before morning, migage poe, niju akage, even as toad cries for rain. We have differences, you and I. Oh, I bleed, I believe in Wagonagi. Yes, magic. Misfortune puts fire between fingertips. Pure heat, rising streaks of pure color haze the river waters. Green, vermilion, Blue on a quest for that brilliant shade of peerless blue through Ortha. Blue, almost blue, vermilion clay, shades of blood and wandering heart. Ear of stone whispers secrets of water in crisp letters of desiccated slumbers with a promise we will awake again ragged breaths one at a time pulse heat formed veins surge of life the pounding surf the brittle shores one line at a time dead star dims point the passage back at twilight megagets Gapogi, the dull thud of ice striking stone. Ears of stones, what can you tell us? Softened dreams, haunted. We thought we knew them all. The excess flow of basaltic minerals falling free from the glacial pack. And permafrost says otherwise. Place sticks upon the fire, edge the shadows with sand and silt. It's uh, painting lines of charcoal, sanctified depths, 
salt plunge beneath an open sky, saline defiles, drop, oh, deep as water, schooling. There are landscapes we do not understand because we were not born there. There are the passages of sun and season we do not know, seen only through a haze of sea. Ocean waves caress. Soon that may change. Listen. Listen beneath the roar of sound. Can you hear them calling? Umbilicaria. Oh, ear of stone. No kerujonge uwekni. In peace. Wow. You know, I love when I listen to your pieces, how, first of all, I've been listening to you read since before the show was ever conceived, right? And you're never, even though you've written on the same topic, you're never repetitive, Everything is always fresh. Everything is new. Everything is always strong. What I love is the fact that every time I hear you read, I I find bumper stickers in them. You know, these these pearls of wisdom that just stand out. Like in this one, I absolutely loved the, I mean, it just absolutely stands alone, all in its own power and strength, the one line, and it was, it is for us to pay attention. Tell me that shouldn't be on T-shirts and bumper stickers and coffee mugs. The power of that one sentence. It is for us to pay attention. But it's too easy for us in life to sit back and let Fox News or let the Internet or to find our realities and our truths off of posts on Facebook instead of having our own brain, doing our own research, having our own opinions. It's too easy for us to let other people give those to us because it takes a little work. You know? Yeah. That that so needs to be on on a coffee mug. On a people's bumper sticker, I'm telling you. <laughs> it is for us to pay attention. I love that line. Thank you, Mel. I appreciate that. Yeah, that uh, that was one of the I things that she was talking about because she was she was um, she was talking or she was more describing it in terms of you know you know that, that there's all kinds of life and just because it isn't you know human life doesn't mean that you shouldn't pay attention to what's going on or whether that life that is usually in that natural setting all of a sudden comes up missing. You should ask yourself, why mm-hmm. is that not here anymore? And so when she, well, when she started... We're, we're a pain on this earth. Yeah. It's our fault. It's always our fault. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's, let's put it this way. I mean, one of the... I mean, and this is something from... Uh, I mean, and, I, and I know, you know, that this was is always kind of like in my, the background of my mind as well. You know, Russell Means was talking about how he learned at the time of, uh, you know, when he was like six years old, you know, his grandmother was teaching him, you know, that if, you know, that if the, the winged, the winged people were not here, there would not be life on earth. 
if the bees and the insect people were not here, there would not be life on earth. If we as human beings were not here, life would go on. There would be more life on earth. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So we need to be cognizant of that. We are the only thing that does not belong in this ecosystem. That's it. You know, so we need to be more, we need to be more sensate to what is going on around us in the lives that we have not been looking at. So when, like I say, when she said that, you know, like I say, I, I saw that, you know, I saw that, that, you know, what she was saying. And it meant, you know, it meant something to me to, you know, to be, to, to, to say that. So. I think you did a phenomenal job. Now you're going to read two for us tonight, correct? Yes, this was just like I said. Now we go back to blood and fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Darn! Burn, burn, burn me up, baby. Burn me up. You, you know what I'm saying? Well, it, this is this is kind of and, and I'm and this is uh, basically born out of um, a statement that I know that has been. You could say that this statement has been so overused, just like just like uh, uh, any kind of statement uh, that that includes the word freedom. You know, saying freedom fighter, freedom this, freedom that, whatever, you know, whatever it is. You know, this 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 statement also, you know, is, is so worn out, man. It, it's like it's like, dude, put that away in the closet somewhere and just just leave it there. And and in this case, the the phrase is uh, in the name of. Because you know, it's like I tell people all the time in terms of you know they, you know when when you know when they want to talk about the, what happened on this continent and what you know, what continues to happen on various other levels that people may or may not see, may or may not hear about. It's like, do you actually know how many of the indigenous people between Alaska and and Argentina were killed? In the name of, do you understand mm-hmm. how many people died in the name of? And that's whether it was a deity, yep. whether it was a king or a queen or whatever. In the name of. So that's a that that's a, that's that's where this piece is coming from. Darkness, shabby. Splintered shafts of light, broken silver, cavalry, cutlass, blood, shed blood in the name of. Until what is left of we sweeps forth from the stars. Rage of the dogs, the advent of stories stolen from us as if songs of shifting smoke. Desert lands and mist. The sun shaking loose a soft rain, a shift in the wind, a shift in focus. Let the iron ashes fall. We will sing their song for as long as we can before we fall. We became guardians of what was ours.
We made sure it was known. We made sacrifice and signals our foe. We shall take his name. The rings of trees were silent. Depth of death shall be seen as a watermark of slaughter. We were not supposed to die praying to their God. Dog, boneyard, senseless reaper, wabosque ibakte. We followed the bird tracks to the crimsoned line of heat down to the river's side, water's edge, Nigonja, where we stopped long enough for the tears that bled from us to flow downstream away from us. Hiding the innocent, binding tight the wounds, lest those wounds give us away. Our own blood, our survival, like oh no. These were some of the sacred acts performed that Red Earth would not be lost. We scoop food from the hollow of the mountain lion's head, a sacred space of bone, in our dreams, we were safe, not dying, so we ate of the food that would keep us whole. We are guardians, doorkeepers. Everything becomes shaped by shadow after dark. Da isa guardians all. We grieve while we sleep. We have set loose the messengers. We may fall where we bleed, but they shall not. They shall live strong lives. They shall live to tell, to narrate every bleak story that has been ours. We have heard the black robes. We were Besieged by their loud words and false thunder, the stench of black powder made everything an unnatural event. All for the sake of killing in the name of. For this moment, we bleed, we breathe. As we curse the day we saw you thrown upon our shores. Providence laden with poisoned spikes, chains, whips, misery for all. Oh, yeah. So civilized. From the seed laden fields came your cloth. Wamos, blue coats, crisp cavalry, cutlass bent to their task. Be cleansed in the name of. We have walked where the rivers have run without mouths. We have watched dusk 
overtake the horizon. Monjon Gorha lands end. Between the grassy moats of broken silver, we catch the edges of our shattered lives. No escape from death dealing in the name of Tsemigage. Even as the dead star dims, watch over us on Tsepita Tronka. There is the dragonflies. Hum. Raging into the light, Dago, even as in shadow semblance, Agipamonfe. They have bowed heads over the people. Gaki, crows remove the soft vermin from our path, wet, sodden slugs that thought to be more than they were. Spawn. Slowly, bit by bit, their parade of sodden, stale words has brought them to this next unfolding of a death dream. How long does evolution take? And who shall become victims of their own couched smugness and praising? Okay. That death. Killing in the name of Vika to efface, to erase, to obliterate. We are Red Earth, and we will not follow you in anyone's name. We are the Ghost Road born, and we will find our own way to our homes. In the name of, right? You know, one of the things you guys have heard me say since the beginning of this show is, and it's because I I mean, I love, I I collect old letters and old diaries and things like that. The history of them fascinates me. And as writers, you've heard me say that it is up to us to write our own history because the truth of our days are written and told in the tongue of the common man. If we don't write our own history, then we leave it up to those who have something to profit or gain or hide in its telling. You know, and we only need to look at the history books we were we grew up on in school to know the truth of that statement. And before all we had You know, if you think about us growing up, most of us as children, the only thing we had to teach us our truths was our church or our families or our neighbors or our teachers, the newspaper. Those were the things that we learned our truths from. And it's not that way anymore. Our children, our future generations have the world at their fingertips with the Internet. And so it is more important now than ever for us to write our own truths because that is what's going to be added 
to our history. That is what's going to be the, out there in the world for the world to see. We are no longer a slave to the histories that are written for us and pre- presented for us by people with agendas. So what you're writing right now, the things that you're sharing, the things that you're telling, the truths you're bringing to light for your people are the truths that future generations are going to suckle on. Those are the things that they're going to learn from. You know, no longer are we going to hear about Sacagawea and, and you know, Pocahontas and, you know, we're going to realize yeah. that the worst genocide that's ever been, ever been, is what we did here on our own, standing here, you know, on our own, what we, what we did when we, what we did to the indigenous people when we came here. You know, we talk about how evil World War II was, how evil Hitler was, when we created a genocide even more blatant than what was on display there. But we don't teach that. We don't tell people about that. We don't see the pictures of the mass graves or the, the, the blankets with, you know, smallpox that were intentionally handed out to children and babies and mothers and families. You know, the genocide that we did, that stuff was all hidden, you know, and it's only because we have a venue now where we aren't silenced that we are learning these things. And it's important. It's important for us to own our shit. It's important for us to know where we've been so that we don't do it again. And I absolutely love the fact that we are no longer silenced, that we are no longer a victim to other people's in the name of, you know, mm-hmm. we're, oh, we're yeah. no longer, it just, it, it makes me very proud to know that going forward, the things that you guys are sharing with the world are going to be some of the things that shape the stories of our future. Just, you're doing something phenomenal and I appreciate you, Soldier Blue. Thank you very much, Nana. I learned a long time ago from, from when I first first started that silence was not an option. Mm-mm. Nor should Can't it ever be. be. We don't have to be silent anymore. No. I love that we don't have to be anymore. No. All right, sweetheart. That's the truth. Tell everyone how they can find you yep. and learn more of this amazing, okay. amazing truth of yours. <laughs> All right. You can find me on Facebook. It's Rafe Wild at uh, Facebook.com. And in parentheses, it says Soldier Blue. Uh, you can find my podcast. Um, it's called Red Earth One. And if you keep the words separated, it'll get you there a little faster. Um, I have some works on uh, re- Reverb Nation under Soldier Blue Blue. And um, I'm still, like I say, I'm still, trying to, still battling with the the technology of that, but I'm working on it, trying to get things around to where I can add some more new things there too. So uh, right now, those are the places where you can find me. Very cool. All right, Soldier Blue, my brother, I love you. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you sharing your words, and you're incredible. Thank you, Miss Nyla. I love you for being here. And we will talk to you next week. Uh, of course. I have three more yeah. that are in the, that'll be almost finished by now. 
<laughs> well, get busy. Stop slacking off. Oh, I hey, the, the <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they would like to. They'll be ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you then. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> bye, bye. Bye now. Okay. All right. So our next caller. Nope, I don't see her back online yet. I'm kind of watching for 619 to come back. We're going to go ahead and grab Rebel Jones, area code 419. You, sir, are on the air. Hey, Nyla, how you doing? Well, I know amazing. how you're doing. I've how been are listening you? to this show. I'm sorry I didn't even ask how you're doing. I'm sorry. But you are having an awesome show. <laughs> um, you sound gorgeous still, so I know that COVID didn't take your sexiness away. So that's a good thing, right? You still sound like you're gorgeous. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> so what I was going to present tonight until I got a hold of some prompts, I wasn't here last week. The school really did ingest all of my time last week, um, trying to play um, a race with time to get everything to schedule time. In the new course I just started for um, college uh, reading strategies, I paraphrased you. I paraphrased you. I said from my favorite radio host, she says, if you're reading more than you're writing, you're doing it wrong because what we read feeds the ink. So I said that to my class. So thank you for that piece of wisdom that you've inserted into my life. <laughs> You're very welcome. And it is so much the truth. It really is. Uh, um, I was So I've been working on a book for about seven years called The Raven and the Owl. And um, it's, it's a masterpiece, and that's why it's taken so long. And that's what I was going to read tonight. It was a piece out of that. But then I got a hold of your prompts from this week and then some from two weeks ago, and I mishmashed them, and I came up with my inkwell and other legends of Rebel Jones. I'm a red well, I can't drug. wait to see what you're reading. I'm a red drug. You can read it as soon as I shut my mouth. So you have to start oh. all over because I blew it and interrupted you. <laughs> oh, well, I'm go. shutting up now. The stage is yours from Mr. Rebel Jones. All right, lady. My inkwell and other legends of Rebel Jones. I'm a rare drug, a fascination that'll leave your brain damaged. Destruction by social media. I know nothing now without pushing buttons, pressing keys, shit. Google just stole my encyclopedia. Fuck this digital world to be continued. What zombies can teach us about modern America is I bet you can't guess. Too much herd mentality. It's an unnatural fatality to follow man. We should have seen the warning signs and the red flags. How didn't we see this coming? Don't be fooled by the written memories in history books. It's elusive and lies like getting caught in the act and saying, oops, it's not how it looks. This is only a sliver of truth and rewritten in the academia Hollywood-driven history lessons. A man once asked me what it makes or what it takes to make a good wanderer, and I answered him, sir. A wise, open mind and a good listener of what makes a good wanderer, and he asked me why. Because, I said, 
The more you wander with an open mind, the wiser the lesson that strengthens the bond of man in his mind. And the next thing that I said, that's the man's silence, I said. Sir, once you have an understanding of self like such, the deeper your conversation with the living speaking side of the universe, the to cradle a life. In dreams, I have traveled to times in the celestial lands when and where the stars first began. I learned in my travels throughout my various lives that <clears throat> that the saying, when nothing moves, nothing lives, is a myth. I could name at least eight unseen deadly things that live under your bed. You see what I did? I turned a spiritually conscious piece of poetry into entirely something else. I got those shape-shifting pen skills when I get a hold of the sink. And that's one of the only five legends or stories that simply are true about me. Or another one I heard about a man who witnessed the mighty rebel Jones take the time to reach the sun to forest some fire ring. Where the next legend told that I was the cause of the fall of the winged beast that guarded our fiery star. I even once heard about the watching woman speak to seeing me wield a mystical quill while defeating an unseen beast in the fog. Following the drowning of the serpent that still lies dead at the bottom of my never-ending inkwell. And that's that piece. I caught the watcher woman in there. <laughs> There was quite a I few love the, I love there, the, actually. I, I've heard that. And the end one, I, the last one was the, the Watcher Woman. That was awesome. I love when you talked about the shape-shifting pen. That was awesome. That, that was, a, that was great you. imagery there. Thank you. It's like, you might know what I'm doing, but do you really know what I'm doing here? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I was afraid. Because in college, they teach you to write completely different, right? And I was afraid mm-hmm. that I would lose my pen learning how to write scholarly, and that's what I was most afraid of. And then I got to sit on your show tonight while in the queue and write to all your prompts and stuff, and I saw I still didn't. I still have it. So. See, a lot of people are that way, and that's why I really kind of – because it – I was that way when I was little. I never read poetry because I was so afraid that if I read poetry, it was going to affect how I wrote, and I wanted to be pure to myself. I mean, how presumptuous and egotistical (laughs) is that? I mean, seriously, if I read someone else like, you know, one of the masters, I'm going to taint my talent by letting them influence me. (laughs) It's like, of course they're going to influence me. You know, it, well, and that's supposed I mean, to be a bad I mean, thing. Though, you know, no, it's an amazing what, what thing. I mean, though, <laughs> what I mean, though, is, like, when you're learning to write for college, they teach you, they they take away your freedom to write. You know what I'm saying? They take away the the freedom to let you pen flow. you got to do APA styles and put it in certain formats and, do your indentations and use this here and that there, and it complicates writing. You know what I'm saying? And I thought I was going to lose does. my creative side having to take writing so serious for school. You know, you have to learn the rules so you can know how to break them. You never lose your own voice. And that's why when I talk about in our uh, our workshop portion at the beginning of the show, it's why I talk about how important it is for us to do free writing, how important it is for us to just go out and write 
terrible poems to just write goofy what the heck shit that we write. It is so important to do because that is how we hone our own true voice. We let, right. as we grow in our craft and we learn so many things, we end up girdling ourselves into what we think we're supposed to be as writers. And that's when we lose our own voice. So it's important to learn these rules. It's important to learn these styles. All of these things are going to teach us to be better writers. They're going to put more things in our arsenal, more tools for us to pull right. from and work with. But as long as we never forget how to let our own true voice run wild. If we never get away from right. it, then we will never stop writing in our own individual voice. And it is so important to do that. Otherwise, become pretentious little punks. You know, nobody wants Absolutely. to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. No, no. <laughs> we end up reading like William so, Shatner and, you know, <laughs> nobody wants that. Next week, oh, I'm going to have to ignore your prompts. Next week, I'm okay. going to have to ignore your so I don't write to them and I can bring to the table what I want to bring to the table. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. I'm not the boss of you. <laughs> I like to think I am, but I'm truly not. <laughs> oh, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I'm going to get on like the next poet. Come on, I don't want to take up too much mic time. You're absolutely fine. Do you want to uh, tell everyone how they can love on you first? You can find me on YouTube at um, Poetry by Rebel Jones, Madman Productions. Um, and Thursday nights here at the Speakeasy Cafe with not a sexy self. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. Quite an endorsement there. <laughs> and um, I'm excited to see what you bring next week. Thank you for being here tonight, and absolutely great job, sweetheart. Uh, thank you, and thank you for waking up today. <laughs> thank you for being here and for waking me up. <laughs> that didn't make sense, but it, it did in my head. It made sense in my heart, Nyla. Thank you, baby girl. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Rebel. We'll talk to you next week, honey. Thank you. All right. Love you, Nyla. Get better. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 615. 615, you're on the air. Miss Nyla Alicia, this is Clarence. Mr. Clarence. Hello, sweetheart. Yes. yes. Happy New Year Finally to you. How have you in. been? I've been busy, but as Dwayne The Rock Johnson says, finally, I have come back to the Speakeasy Cafe. You all find your way home eventually. Yes. <laughs> and um, I heard that you're not feeling well, that you got the bug. Now, I do have some castor oil if you need it. No, absolutely do not need that. Oh, you feel you feel better now. So you see how that works? It works so much better. I try it out on everybody. It works. You're feeling better. Good. <laughs> I feel, I feel great right now. Yep, I'm good. <laughs> yep, yep. See, there we go. I'm glad I could help. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. So what do you have, hon? 
I got a couple of them here. This one's called Creative Flow. I met a superintendent in California who carried a bag of fragile things while checking his list which sticks to my mind as his, as his ex went to pee down the alleyway or couldn't just doze just yet. Right then, a lady named Mary popped into my peripheral sitting next to another named Julie, and I drew conclusions. Through the evening, I fused the initial acronyms and pronouns synonymous around antonyms listening to the sound of me. Blasting blasphemies from the boombox of Auntie M, drinking some Benadryl from her red cup, spewing the benefits of getting lit off Shakespeare, but wait, we're here, thank the Lord. This was an exercise of creative flow. I made it so you, the reader, could expand your mind if that's capable. Wearing Lakers gear near the San Diego Pier after escaping from Alcatraz Mexico Hall with Altoid mitts. Now, what have I missed? Poem. Alcohol with Altoids? Yeah, in Alcatraz. How poetic is that? Fighting keep the, the cat is in my office with me now all of a sudden, and I'm fighting to keep it off my keyboard so I don't lose you guys. So that that is what you're right. hearing right now? Mm-hmm. Now, did you catch the <laughs> was, Mary Poppins reference? You caught the Mary Poppins reference. I did. Yes, I did. Hang on a second. Keep talking for a moment mm-hmm. okay. about anything. Talk about anything. So for those who did not catch that, I broke down the supercalifragilisticexpialidocious thing and just made it into a poem. That's pretty much what I've done. That was absolutely incredible. Sorry, I had to cough. I, I just needed you to cover for me. Hopefully nobody noticed that. Okay. Now, I that do have another one. That was incredible, Clarence. Thank okay. you. Thank you so much. Now, I do have another one, a little bit more serious. It's called Make This Clear. February is delegated as a month for black history. But let me express to you why I'm not interested. I don't live vicariously through my dead ancestors' heritage being thankful to a government built on slavery and accept their gifts. I'm supposed to be like Kunta Kinte while in the community you call me negative words like coon and insane. It's a shame how hypocritical you are when I don't submit to roles just because you read that Jesus had bronze feet. You figure he must have looked like LeBron James. Sometimes I wish I had the courage to blaze a split and go into hibernation because folks be hyperventilating here, wanting me to hide from saying truths, attacking me like tigers with saber tooth. I'm heavily burdened from this laborious ministry mission of seeking his kingdom, minding God's business, making prolific decisions, asking, can I get a witness? He gave me the skin tone, but never intended for me to make it my, my my religion. 
So I walked the narrow road in the middle of the killing field, shadow of death, fearing no evil at its capacity. I'm a man of God. So get at me in peace. Wow. I absolutely love that. I love the whole message in that. You know, I I always look at Black History Month and I think about, I mean, for me, it's definitely a double-edged sword. Because one, yeah, I think it's important. I think it's important to recognize things that were ignored for so long. But at the same time, it's like it doesn't make up for being dicks. You know, it doesn't make it okay right. just because we're now saying it's okay to celebrate this. It doesn't make up for the fact that we don't own our own shit. We don't own our mistakes. We don't, you know, we're trying to make something pretty out of what we did that was ugly, you know, and, and thinking that, you know, us putting on pretty little banners and things like that somehow excuses. You know, it's okay to celebrate yes. the things that need to be taught and learned, but at the same time, it also needs to be taking responsibility for, much more responsibility for what we did, our part in this, than what we do as a society. I'm like this, Nala. I'm more than my skin tone. I'm more than the classifications, the categories, the labels that the government has placed on skin tone like mine since 1600. I'm spirit. Mm-hmm. I'm love. That's what I am. I mean, I understand people will say they're black, they're white. Okay, fine. That's what you accepted. Me, I go a little bit more than that. So, even though You're people will look at me and say, "Yeah, pe- yeah," people will look at me and say I'm black. I don't have to accept what people tell me. We are so much more than our package. Exactly. That's the message. Yep. And some fantastic, people don't like it, but that's okay. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's absolutely one hundred percent the way it should be. Yeah. Sometimes sometime I'll tell you about a story about what happened to me when I was five and you'll understand completely that I know what you're saying. But I'm mm-hmm. not gonna do it now because, you know, people are waiting and I yammer. But sometime I'll tell you that story. Okay. I will wait to hear it, definitely. Thank you for having me on the show. I missed you. I have missed you, too. I'm glad you had time and was able to call in. Do me a favor and tell everybody how they can show you the love you deserve. Okay. I'm on Facebook, backslash Clarence Ferguson, Jr. I'm on Poetizer. I'm on YouTube. I'm on SoundCloud. Um. I'm sometimes here on Nyla's show, so come find me. I'm around here, and I'm also like Willie Nelson. I'm on the road again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are, Clarence. Appreciate you making time to be here. It is always an absolute joy and gift when you are. Thank you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Talk to you next time. You too. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.
All right. We're going to go ahead and bring on area code 323. But first, I want to let area codes 928 and 919 know that you are not in the lineup. So 928 and 919, if you would like to come on the air, you can press 1, and that will let me know that it's okay to unmute you. So now we just have 8, or excuse me, 928. So 928, if you want to come on, press 1. If you're here just hanging out and listening, thank you for being here. And if you change your mind at any time, 928, press 1, and I will know that it's okay to unmute you. All right, let's go ahead and grab area code 323. You are on the air. Mm, good evening. Sincere from Los Angeles. How are you doing? Get well, feel better. Thank you, sweetheart. It's really good to hear from you. Uh, good to be heard. Good to be heard. So what what are you going to grace us with tonight, Mr. Sincere? Um, you know what? Let me – I had lost it. Oh, okay. Here it is. Um, I'm ready for you. It says, uh, I'm afraid. You ready for me? Oh, of course. Yes, please. Okay, I'm afraid to die. Or from his sorrow, a storyline about his fear to be sick amongst all alienated faces among the seven steps. I'm afraid to kill a man from his viewpoint that goes against human exploration on proving to his clan that there's a white mummy around Mars. I'm afraid to blend elementary electric core science, since you and I have studied what compounds that don't mix, yet and still Dr. Nomad had to clone a wolf inside a dish of frozen eggs and cheese whizzes. In this blind man's bluff lies a handful of particle daughters who's ready-made for second-hand marriage, similar around a thousand thoughts since cloning or transferring XYZ chromosomes for the mafia offering LGBTQXYZ a hope for being cast as cows. Death comes to us all as birth replenished men and women on earth, as rain for a beer on a runner's horn celebrates an elephant's cuss for ivory is still better than an eight-year-old kid mining a diamond cave for wages being inhuman for two hours a month of wages. Tell me again why I'm afraid of the White Castle landlords. Is in this week question about white cats and pink puppies traveling around in a Von Dutch clutch bag. I'm afraid. In peace. Puppies. <laughs> Read that line <laughs> for me again. OMG. Oh, where you said okay. Oh, um, tell me again why I'm afraid the White Castle landlords and this retort questions about white cats and pink puppies traveling around in a bond Dutch clutch bag. Purse puppies. <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely, absolutely love that piece. I can't even tell you. Sincere, that was awesome. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I'm humbled. You by are you. reading two tonight, aren't you? 
I sure am. Uh, the next one is uh, Mike Free Will. You ready? I am. Oh, awesome. Okay, Mike Free Will. I was chosen to be a prostitute. Then again, I was born at a factory lab used for a experiment for and from the lab. Scientists recap of a chemical mixture cocktail from three protons. I was thinking about becoming a homosexual folklore off the ancient heathens parade of non-Hebrews brews from the Olive Garden. Homebody for sexual please since God is good at making mistakes since he isn't ready for us to do real with our old tea bags. My free will. I was born with a sense of two out of one that makes me a byproduct from the pre-coming of the angel making love to my mother's sweet seeds. Indeed, my daddy was a whore amongst giants in no man's How much is it for a piece of her virginity? Just asking since time stop at work for an objective or a pronoun or adverse. I was born to die for a miscarriage since two of two questions equals three people are taking turns with a prosthetic metal leg we call Indy Windows. Let me choose again. Let me play with a triangle balls with a penal gland out of out from my body sub pulp fiction at a dictionary form a pink to write with no sense. Since verbs are now the new boundaries for a subjective corner. I'll come over tomorrow, which is good for me. Since Sunday, we have a reservation for blurred lines and white fences. Like we will. In peace. All right. You have to tell me what brought that one on. What prompted you to write that? What was going on? I was my colleagues that's in the education um, field has showed me what their teaching kids now Um between kindergarten and third grade and from fourth grade to sixth grade and how um, they are promoting choices. So I just took that and I started reading other things around the nation about what they teach in the class and what they've taken out. You just mentioned about the genocide, about the indigenous people. So now if they're taking that out and they're adding that in, where are we going through the narratives are being distorted for them, whom they may be in the education system and or who's running the world. So I just was reading and looking at newspapers and just just, just diving and just being hurt about everything that um, that's been going on because we definitely didn't learn that. We come out 60s, 70s, we were talking about equality and equal men and women on equal pay because we got the same degree and degrees and women are uh, getting less paid because they're women with the same knowledge. So it, it, we have changed and look where we have came from. Now these kids are being taught to make choices about changing their DNA. Come on. So that's what brought that on. You know, I absolutely agree. And especially on the fact that it, if we thought more for ourselves, but when, and I'm really hoping that our children and their children's children will be smarter than that. But I think that there are way too many people nowadays who will hear something and jump on the – grab a hold of the shirt tails of it without understanding. 
you know, or, or thinking that it's norm or this is the way that you're supposed to think. And I think it really, I mean, we talk about, um, you know, it's like my, my kids were trying to understand what it meant um, to be transsexual, you know, um, mm. and my grand, you know, so I'm sitting there and I'm telling them, I said, you know, it's like, I, I had a can of Coke, and this is going to sound really dumb, but I had a can of Coke, and I dumped it out, and I filled it full of water right in front of them. And I set the Coke down, and I asked them, I said, do you guys want to drink a Coke? And they said, that's not Coke, it's water. And I said, no, it's Coke. And I said, you can see right there, it's a Coke can, it's Coke. But no, it's water. And that's how I explained to them that sometimes what the package says isn't always what's inside. And that is a true right. thing. I mean, that happens. You can be born water inside a Coke can. Right. But I think that the circus that's being made of it is detrimental to the people who are really dealing with this. I think that right. it's. I think that that there is a whole segment of this whole thing that is really making it a popular label instead of understanding the people that are truly dealing with these things in their life and being able to embrace that. There's too much of it now for me that I see clouding it that makes it hard to embrace that, if that makes sense. Of course, and, and you just talked about history. That's what's going on in the world. It makes it seem like it hasn't been there before. And I could have sworn the Romans and Greek talked about it. And there's movies talk about it. Mm-hmm. So how how, yep. we, how we are putting emphasis on something that's been here thousands of years? Upon thousands, upon thousands. This is nothing new. This, then the, the, the pronouns are being changed. So now, okay, now you just said some key. They are living with it. What about the ones that don't want the choice, but they're being forced to learn something that they don't want? Or you give them choices? I think it, I think that, that is important that I think it is important that they learn, you know, because I think for so long that they that we were taught not to be different. That I think it's really important for those of us that have things that we're dealing with, or for people who are, you know, looking at things differently, or wanting to be accepted, or wanting to be themselves. I mean, we each have our own lives, and I think we should walk through it however we want to, but. I think teaching people to understand those things and the acceptance and loving of all people is different than confusing someone who doesn't know yet and not confusing them about these things in life, but confusing them about choices they can make about themselves. You know, saying, am I supposed to be this way? Am I not supposed to be this way? Am I wrong for not being that way? more fun to be that way, you know, it really takes, yeah, it takes away from understanding and being acceptance and loving. And I think it does, it does more harm than good. I I know I'm not explaining it right. And I'm sorry if I've offended anybody, but you know, I just, it's such a harsh reality. Kids on the playground, kids on the playground don't go color. They go, Hey, Bobby hit me or James hit me or Miguel hit me. They don't go on race ethnicity. What's, what's the difference? Right. I don't right. like you well, like because, not because you're a girl, because Nyla did something to me. 
Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Nyla is not a girl. Nyla is a person. So when 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 did we get away? What you just said? How how did that change? You just said a keyword, taught. So everything. Okay. Now go back to everything you just said. I could go into Seven Eleven. I have choices. Are you gonna force me to something? I need to learn about it, but I can't see other choices. Back to the, you said Coca-Cola water. I, maybe I don't like Coca-Cola. Maybe I want Pepsi. Maybe I want Mountain Dew. Maybe I want, <laughs> I want it clearer. Maybe I want Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. L- l- let me decide. Don't you force something upon me. L- let me have a choice. I think that it's good for understanding to be taught, but I don't think it's good for confusion to be taught. Uh, again, yeah. 7-Eleven. I, I call that 7-Eleven. Yes. <laughs> there's a fruit section, there's a chip section, cookie section, there's newspaper water section. That's right. Come on, teach me about the different type of waters out there. From alkaline to uh, to filtered water to non-filtered. Come on, talk to me. But water is water. Come on now. <laughs> Okay, I'm, well, I won't take up too much time. Awesome. We, you and I can go on forever. Uh, please <laughs> check your um, messenger inbox. I, I left a lot of um, things in your messenger inbox. I mean, your messenger, in, in mess, a messenger, or is it a Facebook messenger? I left you some audio to see if you want to listen. If you want to play, you know, play, see if you like it, or I just send something else. But just, yeah, um, take a look. And it's it, it's in it's in Facebook Messenger. Yes, ma'am. Okay, awesome. All right, I will find it in there, hon. Awesome. Perfect. All right, thank you. You did a fantastic job tonight. Make sure you tell everyone how they can find you, hon. Absolutely. Um, Coach Ed, um, sincere at Instagram, Facebook, um, Ed McKinney. I'm on Linktree. Um, You can also find One Half Court Publishing on Instagram. And that's where you can find me. And soon, uh, coming soon, um, my book, my solo poetry book will come out. And I have a movie that's coming forth in in the next few months. So it's coming. Uh, take a look at that coming soon. All right, sweetheart. Are you going to be here next week? Yes, I am. Perfect. All right. I look forward to seeing what you'll bring. And thank you for being here tonight. Great job. Thank you for having me. Thank you for this platform. You did well, and I'll see you. Have a great weekend. Have a good week. You too, hon. Thank you. All right. Let's go ahead and bring on our next caller. Aw. 863, you're on the air. Um, um, hello, Nyla. I'm turning it down. Okay, I got it. Okay. Hi, sweetheart. How are you doing? Okay, I'm doing great. It is amazing to hear from you. Okay, thank you. And um, and, and I hope you get a lot better, 100% better. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, 
and I have a thing of water here I've been drinking on. I hope you guys can't hear that on the air. Can I apologize? I, I, I couldn't hear anything. Good. Okay. So what do you have for us tonight, Miss Noreen? Okay. For Gary, I have a reality of life. Okay. The necessities of life were acknowledged by all who enjoyed them. The realities of life are not necessities to sustain life. If you are born alone, you may attain the necessities of life. That is the reality of it. The end. It was very profound. Yes, it is. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you going to read a second one for him? Yes. Okay, and um, okay, and this one is called "On My Back Porch." Okay, I could feel the moon looking down on us while I held you close and firm for a long time. I ran my hand over your silky hair down your back while some of it tickled my nose, and I got some in my mouth. I still held on to your warm body, enjoying the warmth and closeness of my sweetheart. The end. That is so tender and so beautiful, yes. and I can just absolutely picture that. That was beautiful, Noreen. Okay, thank you. Must be amazing okay. to be so loved. Yes, it is. Yes. It's it, it, um wow, it's it, it makes you just want to smile all the time, and, and you know, you should, in a beautiful feeling, and I could wish he was still here. I mean, um, I mean, physically. I know he's here in my heart. He's yeah. still here as a spirit. I know that. And, mm-hmm. Okay. And 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 I have, um, for tonight, I have, for me, I have Sonnet 28. Okay. 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 Um, please give me a sign that you're still around. Have you forgotten all about today? A special day where we did settle down five years ago today, as we say, I do, and took our vows with love, respect, honesty, and loyalty. I'll always love you, and for we will always connect. I'll remain faithful to you all my days, for you've given me enough love to last me for all my loving living days. And that made me smile on that, wait, and that put a smile on my face. Now I will broadcast to the world of our love and our output. The night is almost gone. Please break away. I want you to, wait, okay, I want you to hold me. Please stay. I want, wait, Uh uh-oh. Okay, wait, the night is almost, oh, no, I, I couldn't even read my own writing. Oh, no. Your time. Oh, no. Make it up as you go. Okay, the night is almost gone. Please break a, break away. I want you to hold me. Please stay. I want you to hold me. Please, I want you to hold me once more. Please stay. Stay. The end. 
It was beautiful and tender and loving, mm-hmm. and just the longing was palpable. Beautiful job on that, Noreen. Okay, um, thank you. Okay, you're I, very I wrote welcome. That. Okay, you. I wrote that on our um our um wedding anniversary on the fourth, and that was on the mm-hmm. um Saturday. Well, two or three days ago, I know I got a sign from him because I was um I was sitting at the um at the desk um our our computer desk on the laptop and when I heard a loud noise and I looked up and I seen that paper I had taped I had um tape on the desk compu- computer desk I looked up and I seen it moved it, it hit really hard I mean it was a loud noise it was it was on there it was like you know somebody hit it real hard getting my attention and then, then after that, I felt something on my hand, like, you know, um, to the warmth was on my hand, like he was there. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. That is beautiful. Are you going to yes. read a second one of yours? Yes. Okay. And this one's called um, Day of Red. This is a bliss poem. Valentine's Day is for lovers. Valentine's is a special day. Day to be romantic. Day for proposal. Proposal of marriage. Proposal of love. Love and marriage goes hand in hand. Love unconditionally forever. Forever and a day. Forever I'll love you. You are my Valentine. You are special. Special love. Special Valentine. Valentine's Day is every day. Valentine and romance. Romance and love goes hand in hand. Romance can't be forgotten. Forgotten love. Forgotten lonely heart. Heart of gold. Heart of an angel. Angel of mine. Angel from heaven. Heaven on earth. Heaven forbid. Forbid me not. Forbid you to go. Go and enter. Go for now. Now let me be heard. Now and eternally, eternally I'll love you. Eternally I'll be your Valentine. Valentine, oh my Valentine. Valentine is here to stay. Stay with me. Stay and hear my heart. Heart glowing. Heart beating. Beating steadily. Beating for you. You gave me a reason to go on. You are my rose. Rose for you. Rose is red. Red is love. Red is my heart. Heart, love, the end. What a beautiful journey that was. Yes. For sure. Yes. Very romantic. Okay, thank you. All right, Miss Noreen. Sonnets and Blisses and um, and Haiku and even um, Tanka. I, those are my favorite style, sonnet. I mean, my favorite um, uh, um, forms to write. I remember when you started writing your first sonnets. It was pretty awesome. Yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I could do it, but right. I did it. <laughs> and you did it, and you just took, picked it up, and went off and running with it. I mean, you did so yes. amazing. It's incredible. Well, I didn't think All I right, Noreen, tell us how to find you guys, honey. 
Okay, you, you, you can find you, you can find um, our books on Amazon.com, and you can find us on on our official website, um, Gary and Noreen Snyder dot front slash poetry, and you can find um, uh, uh, Gary on Facebook dot com, um, ReverbNation dot com, and um, uh oh, um, dot com, and you can find me on ReverbNation dot com, Facebook dot com, and PoetryPoem dot com, and you can also find us on ko hyphen fi dot com front slash Gary and Noreen, and um. You can also find us on the Poetry Club and doing the um, the Facebook Live every Saturday. And I know I've been away from it for a while because I was sick. Well, now I'm back, and I will have it this Saturday. And um, I'll have it Saturday, and that'll be at five o'clock. Five o'clock. Okay. And you can also find me here. Perfect. And of course we can because you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. You are part of our foundation for sure. All right, Miss Noreen, you did a great job tonight. Appreciate you so much, and I cannot wait to see what you bring next week. Thank you, and I'm so okay, glad you, that everything is going well right now. Okay, and and um and I and I and I, and I hope you get a lot better, 100 percent better. Thank and, you, and I appreciate thank, that very much. Okay, you're very welcome, and and thank you for um having this venue. So we poets can read our poetry. Thank you very much. This is awesome. You are so welcome, honey. You are so welcome. Okay. We love you. Thank you, both okay. of you. We, we, okay, we love you too. Okay, thank you. All right. Good night, honey. Good night. Okay. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 815, Miss Gina. Hello, Nala. We need My some Gina Storman. We need some... Gina's storming up in this place. When I heard Noreen, hold on, hold on. This this is how bad it got. I called in. First poet that I heard, Soldier Blue, where you were rapping with Soldier Blue. And I and I hate that I missed him. But the next poet was Rebel P. Jones. That's my brother from another mm-hmm. mother. My grandchildren said, is he black like us? And I said, no, he's actually white like Aunt Kim and Aunt Amanda. And they said, wow. Because if I were talking to you on the phone and couldn't see you, Gigi, we think you were white, too. And I said, I'm not offended by that. I've heard it before. But here's the funny thing about us. I might sound white and he might sound black, but he's white and I'm black. So it doesn't matter because family is family. And they were here with me mm-hmm. about three Thursdays ago, and I was here at the Speakeasy Cafe. And they said, Gigi, who was that? And I said, that's my sister Nyla. And so my grandson, who's six, said, is she chocolate or vanilla? And I said, she's a swirl. (laughs) (laughs) Because she has a black family. She's a white girl. And he said, I like that. (laughs) (laughs) So I love the fact that they don't understand race the way that other people do, and they shouldn't. And I'm going to tell you why, because people are people. What you sound like and how you talk and where you live and where you're from shouldn't have anything to do with the fact as to what your race is. And they don't understand mm-hmm. race because they have friends that are every color and, and both races. 
all three, four, five races. You know what I mean? Like all all complexions. So this, this isn't for them even a conversation that they can wrap their minds around. And I love the fact that they don't know the difference. And that means the world to me. Well, I absolutely think that you've done a wonderful job raising those children for them to believe that way. And I, I commend you. So and I'm proud, proud to be your sister. <laughs> I'm so proud to be their Auntie Swirl. And I tell everybody, you know, like, you know, when I talk to Auntie Swirl, she, she understands because I told them the first time I did poetry about my cat, because I'm a, I have a fur baby now and I'm a meowie, and, and, and Danny said, <laughs> say it again, Gigi, and I said, a meowie. She said, what does that mean? And I said, I'm the mother of a fur baby who says meow, so I'm a meowie. I'm not just a Gigi. I also have a fur baby. So when my daughter came by here today, because she was interviewing at her best friend's job and had some some time to kill, so we watched a movie together and we hung out before we put my recycling and my and my trash cans on the curb. And she says, Mom, your garbage smells like there's a corpse in there. And I said, Stephanie, don't look in the bag. Just tie it up and put it on the curb. And she said, ooh, see, if you were anybody else, this wouldn't be a thing. But <laughs> because you're my mother, <laughs> I'm kind of scared. And I said, no. It was a package from chicken thighs. But, um, yeah, it smells <laughs> awful. And it needs to go outside. <laughs> so while, while my fur baby was kissing her sister's feet and toes, I said, yeah, well, she's kind of got a foot fetish. And I wear socks until I fall asleep, and then I kick them off in my sleep. She will pull the covers back and literally lick my toes. And I'm thinking, ew. But I, I'm not a cat, so I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. All I know is that's how she shows me affection. She also massages my legs and ankles if she sees me when I wake up in the morning if I'm limping. And my daughter said, you know, it's one of those things about cats. They're so in tune to you. They're not like dogs. I mean, they're good, but they're they're different from dogs. And I, we've always been dog people. And now she has cats, and I have a cat. And all I can think was, how did I end up here? I'm just glad that I did. Because, like I said, Rebel came on, and then Dexter, oh, um, C Double Thirty Four Music Clarence is Dexter, and I'm Dee Dee. And he puts my tracks to um, music when he hears me on mics. He'll pull out my clip, and then make it into a production. And I'm thinking, wow, who does that? My brother. And after that, my twin, my my twin flame, Sincere, from Los Angeles came on, and I'm thinking, oh, this is beautiful. And then one of the people that I love more than anybody else in the whole poetry community, Noreen came on and, and did her her Gary poetry as well as hers, and all I could say was if my heart was big enough to love the way that she does and there was someone that I was able to marry for the for my last husband because I always tell people I'm between marriages, when I get married for the final time, um, I would like to do that to memorialize him. Um, everybody knows that I was in a relationship with and did poetry with King's Cadence, 
but he passed away, and and I, I was a Noreen in that instance. I can only be Gina, but the beautiful thing about it is all the poets who came on before me are poets that I'm also a fan of. This is why I love the Speakeasy Cafe, and I'm so happy that you just started a new year because I have to be here. It's not optional. It's mandatory. Of course it is. So I'm gonna do it one would be a crime against nature if you were not here. I did a lot of talking, so I'm going to do one piece. <laughs> Oh, I'm reading. I'm reading messages from Rebel and Sincere right now, and and all I can say is this: Yeah, I, I don't have to do a lot of poetry, but I do have to do at least one piece. Um, you gave me homework, and it was my piece that I titled "Life with Luna," and I'm going to run it back because there might be people who weren't here last week and didn't hear it. And the wonderful thing about her is, um. I didn't know I was a cat lady until I became a Miami. And now that I have this fur baby who happens to be feline, I don't know how I survive without her. So I'm going to do my tribute to her once again. I titled this Life with Luna. This piece was my homework by my sister Nyla. She assigned it to me. A week ago, now it's been two, and I'm going to spit it once again for all of you. So I penned this new ink about my broke roommate right away. I thought I would do it that very day, and I would write it out, but I didn't. I'm a procrastinator. I promise you I am. So I wrote this piece about an hour ago is what I penned when I wrote this two weeks ago. Needless to say, my broke roommate has a bed. And her day one that she was wrapped in as a brand-new kitten blanket is where she has at the end of my bed in the corner by the window because that's where she likes to patrol. But she decided that she didn't want to sleep there. She would take her naps wherever. In late nights, early morning slumber, it would be up against me. Like she would be in the groove of the small of my back, against the back of my thighs, or the bend in my knee, and sometimes she would sleep on top of me. I didn't people much last year, and I can't do it much this year either so far, but that's okay, because I'm still me, and I get everything I need in my home without going outside. I love living alone. I believe that it suited me, but my roomie, is the kind of person who tolerates me. She raises her voice when she feels ignored. Yawn, scratch, stretch, and then she side-eyes me repeatedly. I felt as if my choice was not up to me. It wasn't mine. It was hers all the time. She plays on her own mostly. Sometimes she runs at top speed from underneath my bed to the couch in the living room, you see. And then she jumps on the back and she gets in the window and she pulls down one of the parts of the blind so she can look outside because just like me, she's the neighborhood watch. And I love that about her. I threatened to tape a note to her carrier along with food, treats, toys, litter, blanket, pillow, scratching post. Damn, then I thought about all the things that I bought for her and I'm doing the most. See, she moved in here just a little over a month ago. I'm actually amazed at her personality and her beauty. She's amazing. 
Yesterday I saw her standing up on her back, her hindquarters, just the back paws, because there was a car that went down the street and the bass was thumping. It made the windows and the walls shake. I have these two fans that are oriental. My mom loves all things Asian, and they're metal. And they were flapping back and forth and making a noise. So as far as she's concerned, they may be a threat. So now when she gets at the end of my bed, she stands up like that cat. And I love it because she cries when I'm in the shower and break dances while I'm taking bubble baths. And this is just how life with me and Luna has been up to down. She makes me smile. She makes me laugh. She's both good medicine and she becomes a pot cat every morning when I wake and bake and elevate. She relaxes. And then, kind of nice. So I'll be patient when she's a lunatic. And I'm not trying to evict. I'll never tell my daughter to come and get her and her shit. And even if she wanted to leave, she can't use my phone. Because she's a fur baby. And she's got to do it on her own. If she stands outside on the front porch next to the storm window and meows until her sister comes to see if she's okay, I don't care if she wants to leave with her or her BFF. I'll be all right. But the reality is I'm saying this because it sounds good, but I need her. I don't know what my life was like before I got her. I'm so glad that she's here now. It's like she's never been missing. She's just part of the puzzle that I didn't know that I needed, and I'm so happy for my daughter's best friend, Abby, to have gifted Luna to me. I'm Gina Storm. Thank you for indulging me. In peace. I love that you're a cat person now. That makes me so happy. When I say it out loud, people are like, what? You you did what now? I said, oh, yeah. So I got a whole cat. (laughs) People are really weird, and cats are so different. And you can have a cat. You can be sitting on a sofa, and the cat's on your lap asleep. And you can have to pee so bad. And you're sitting there, like, bouncing and sweating and have goosebumps and gritting your teeth, but you won't move because you are not going to wake up that cat. If you had a dog on you, you'd just push the dog off and jump up and run to the bathroom. But if you've that got a cat on you, it is amazing the torture you will go through. Oh, yeah. Why is that? I've never understood that. I don't know, but they are so different. They are literally day and night. Um, And having Mm -hmm. previously always been a dog person, having a cat is like the craziest thing. Like nobody even believes it. I thought you were allergic. Yeah. So um, they did an allergy test on me some years back, and they were like, you know, you're allergic to cats and long-haired dogs and pet dander. And I was like, okay. So then I was thinking, so how do you combat allergies? I've always done it with Benadryl. So I do take Benadryl twice a day, but I drink coffee in the morning, and if I take Benadryl at night and I'm not trying to go to bed, then I will drink a mini can of, you know that little can of soda that you get on a plane? You mm-hmm. can buy it at the store, and I, and I have a 12-pack. And so I just drink a, a, a half Pepsi and be able to stay up to the Speakeasy Cafe because she ain't going nowhere. Like, this, this is this is how we roll them. <laughs> like, this is it. This, this is my rider. I, like I said, I got a travel kennel for her. I can take her with. I always check with the airlines as well as hotels if I have to go someplace. I haven't actually left her for an entire day yet. I'm going to leave her for a half day, however, tomorrow. That will be the test. And if I get back and, you know, my all of my furniture is, Shredded to all to be damned. 
Um, it'll be my fault, not hers. <laughs> She's just helping you redecorate. That's all. That's all. She was like, you know what? This is old. We need we need to upgrade. So yeah, I'll be furniture and pillow shopping <laughs> shortly. We'll 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 see how it works out. Um, let me That's tell you uh, and everyone how they can find me. I am Gina with an E, storm like inclement weather. You can find me on Clubhouse on Saturday afternoons in the kitchen at 1 Central, 2 Eastern in the kitchen. We do back-to-back speed rounds, sometimes six or seven in a row, depending on how many poets are on the stage at Clubhouse. Um, to, on Saturday evening, you can find myself and Just Jay at the Just Jay and Gina Show on Epiphany. The call-in number is 319-527-6300. Call in, log in to Blog Talk, and be part of the audience and listen and join in the fun because it's always a good time with me and Jay. On Sunday, you can catch us in the living room where we do interviews or have a question of the day as well as give an in-depth breakdown to poems because a lot of times you don't get the feedback or the flowers in real time that you'd like from a piece that you wrote. And if you are halfway through a piece or a quarter through a piece, you have a partial piece and you'd like to test it with us and ask us in what direction you think you should go, we're here for that too. So that's what we do on Clubhouse at the Small House of Poetry on Saturdays. We do the kitchen. On Sundays, we do the living room. The living room is 6 Central Standard Time, 7 Eastern Standard Time. And on Monday mornings at 7 Central and 8 Eastern, we do the AM Drive. And the crew, myself, Just Jay, Frequency, Wallace, the Elder, and Mama Donna will all be the crew along with Funny Bones, which is Timothy Whispers, giving you topics, conversation, and things to help you on your commute to, from, work, while you get the kids off to school or you go to class yourself. But wake up with us in the morning and we're going to find out what's in your cup, what's the weather like where you are, give you facts about black history because it's 365, as well as finding out whether or not we have a smear letter that we're going to read aloud and get feedback on, or if the asshole is you, and that's what we do at Clubhouse. So if you (laughs) want to find me, find me on Clubhouse at Epiphany, the network that I gave you the call-in number for, or here on Thursday nights with my sister Nyla at the Speakeasy Cafe because I don't have any place else to be. That's all the poetry I can do. But I love you, and it's one love and one mic, and I'll see you next week, sis. Love you too, sweetheart. Thank you so much. You're amazing. <laughs> Bye, baby. Bye-bye, hun. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 919. Mr. Granville, are you with us? Yes, I am with you. I'm happy to be with you, too. How yes, are you, sweetheart? It is good to hear from you. The feeling is mutual, my dear. And uh, I, I hear that you weren't feeling well. And now that you're uh, feeling better. And I'm uh, happy to know you're here. And I wish you a speedy recovery. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, I love my dear. Yeah, I love you. Know, yeah, yeah. You are consistent. 
and, and you're humble and you do this humble work of advocating poetry. Mm-hmm. We love you for it. Oh, anyway, I love tonight being is... here with you. So. Yes, 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 yes. I'm happy to have you, my dear. I was, I was listening to you talking earlier and I realized this is a, a Black History Month, right? Mhm. Yes. Yeah. So I was thinking I would do something a little more on the on the black side. You know, celebrating our blackness, our our culture, our struggles and stuff so I'm this one I'm going to do for you is called Tribute to Hip Hop. So now it's called Hip Hop, once called Rap. But it's cool like that. It's cool like that. For it's like this, uh-huh. And it's like that, uh-huh. And it goes on and on and on and on and it don't stop. No, it won't stop. Coming from way back, it's a music. Our music. Our it's a music. Our music. Our voices and the mic. Okay, let me say it again. I, I hear you're cutting out, sweetheart. I didn't hear that last part. Okay, you know what? I'm going to start over. Okay. Because I'm just, I'm just giving this one for him. This one is called Tribute to Hip Hop. So now it's called Hip Hop. Once called rap. And it's cool like that. Cool like that. For it's like this, uh-huh, and it's like that, uh-huh, and it goes on and on and on and on, and it won't stop. No, it don't stop. Coming from way back, it's a music, our music, our voices, on the mic, and when we rock the mic, we rock the mic right. I can call a name like Grandmaster Flash, but I tell you, Beethoven, he is black. So the music is coming from way back. And it goes on and on and on and on, and it don't stop. No, it won't stop. For the trumpet sounded, and the Lord appeared in the kingdom of God. Music is there, and it goes on and on and on, and it don't stop. No, it won't stop. And now this is a billion-dollar business, and whoop, there it is. My Nyla, 
Rainer. Is that in poem? Nyla, I forgot the damn poem. Yeah, yeah. I can't, yeah. I can say because I forgot the poem, Nyla. <laughs> I've done <laughs> I, did it in I, could, I thought you did great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a, a, a figure, you know, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I completely fucked up. I forgot the poem. I, I haven't done that poem in a little over three years. Well, you can do it twice next time. How about that? Yes, and you know what? You know what? I forgot it because I was listening to the show, and I was and I was watching videos at the same time. That's that's what fucked up my brain. I was multitasking <laughs> when it's going to be yeah yeah because I I I really knew that 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 my four months would have been likely to be to be poor if I didn't appear and mentally prepare, and I didn't mentally prepare. You know, you know what? Though? We hang you. out. We have yeah. fun. We don't always do it pretty, but we always do it. And and there's no rules here. You do you. You have fun, and whatever we do is perfect. Period. So we're good. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, and 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 I figure that it will still come across because I know the the words of, the lines of my work is strong. So so I know that you know it. it you know it will. You know people will be able to pick up. And understand, you know, what we're saying, Steve. You know, you know they, 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 I feel like they will still be able to get it in the attempt. You know, so you want to give one more? I, I want me just move on. Uh, you do too. You can do too. Okay, now let me let me see which one I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do this one here. I do recently. This one is this I'm gonna do this one because this is this is this is one of my earlier poems when I was beginning my journey and I called it the two. I have traveled to the core of my soul and I have seen the uttermost part of my belly. Yes, I have faced my fears. I have pondered understanding and interrogated madness. Wisdom has felt my scrutiny. Wit made an ally of me. Secret places became my abode. In the silence, my mind played, frolicking with the intangible. And this became my chore in life. Just something to do in the scheme of things. Thank you. Nyla, thank you. End of poem. You are very welcome. Great job, sweetheart. Appreciate you hanging thank you, on. Thank you. Appreciate you being here and reading tonight. And please tell everyone how to find you. Yes, people in Radio Land, you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, Granville John Hedrington. 
even on YouTube, Granville the Poetry Man. I haven't been posting much lately, but you can find something up there. And I'm coming out of Wally, North Carolina, the beautiful state of Wally, North Carolina. Granville John Hedrington is the name. Follow me, call me, hire me. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> you are very, very welcome, sweetheart. Appreciate you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Thank you, my goodness. All right. So we have two callers left tonight. We have Jay and we have Lady A. So let's go ahead and grab 501. You are on the air. Go Jay, are you with, with me? Nyla. Yes, ma'am. I'm here. Not I'm here. a whole I'm lot. Here. How are you, darling? It is really good to hear from you. It's good to hear from you, too. It's really good to hear from you. Um, I was looking forward to this today. I'm looking forward to it every single time I hear your voice. It's like Christmas. All right. We can work something out then. Because <laughs> uh, I got some poetry. Awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go ahead and get into it because uh, I see that uh, uh, you you have been sending us poets out beautifully, beautifully. And I want to go ahead and keep the tradition Thank alive. You. Go ahead when you're ready. All right. The other day, J-Rob asked me, if there were no more pens in the world, then what would I write with? I would write with the tip of my finger in the concrete. I would write a poem so epic that the sparks would fly so high and the soot would blot the sun from the sky. And the purple rain that dripped would be my ink. And I would put the haze into cans to be sprayed in my leisure. And I would gather the ink in barrels and store them in keeps for my descendants tomorrow. I would paint fields of grass of these paths with a mop head, pirouette, slinging, glittering phosphorescence like dew in the air. And a splatter would make the grass grow, and the blots would form deep pools of water, creating a poem that would shine like glass. Because the poem would be baked in essence as the sun pen passes slowly over the top, drawing the stars in the night in its wake glistening like a sweaty nape under glass for scholars and students to glean over for decades to come. I would use my plume to paint a portrait of a woman who was more precious than gold and cover her in exotic clothes, roses, and rubies. And we would expose ourselves to what love is as we figure eight in this poem. We will put our minds to find those efficient pathways of where we are strong, holding our hands in harmony. Or I could jump into a barrel of ink and black out. I black out and awaken in a jungle where every breath is weighed in the scale, where friend or foe is hard to tell. A place where falling shells, this must be, this must be, bells, pinging in the whisk of the wrist. Ears ringing, and in a twist of my stylist like this, I'd be on an island near the equator, soaking in the local flavors of Grenada. Now, let me quit playing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
And poem, right? Yep. That's it. That was phenomenal. See, this right here is exactly why you're not allowed to stay away this long ever again. Ever. Sometimes I have to stay away. I know, but that doesn't mean I have to like it. <laughs> right, and then I'm in the same boat with you, dear. <laughs> I know life gets in the way sometimes, but just know how much you miss when you're not here. It's a crime when you're... Your words aren't being shared. I appreciate that vote of confidence, there. Well, you know how much I appreciate you. Yes, You are going to read two, right? And likewise, too. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to read two. Yes. Okay. All right. This is a prompt um, from Russ Livingston, Dr. Russ Livingston. Um, It was uh, ultimately, if there's love, there will be collateral damage. All right. I'm about ready now. Okay, go ahead. All right. Love is the strongest force in the universe. Its structure is like water. It can be all around you or far from you. Its proximity to you, whether you are the day or the night, will affect your brilliance and the luster of your shine. And it will impact the, and it will impact the flame that can be lit within us. And dark forces can force lights into a void of trying to make a difference. And this is not a place of outside, but a place of inside, where even the dim lights choose to reside. Well, they tried to eat and devour other people's candle power, making themselves darker. Because of these disease diets, the malnutrients inspire malnutrition and causing festering throughout the body, not the body of the individual, but the body that makes up the people. Poem. Damn. That was powerful, sweetheart. That was incredible. Definitely five stars on that one. Thank you. I appreciate that. Absolutely phenomenal. I'm here representing the Small House of Poetry tonight. Uh, we're trying to go viral. We have a video um, that's out right now. Uh, we're going to be trying to drop one of those videos per week or at least biweekly. Um, but I'm not going to go into details about the uh, video. Uh, just check it out. Um, also, remember to like and share. We're trying to break into this algorithm. Um, people always say, Dave, if I'd have had a chance, I'd have got in on the ground level of that. Uh, get in on the ground level of Small House of Poetry. Um, we're about to go ahead and do something big this summer. Um, but we're going to need y'all to do it. Well, baby, you've got – you. Whenever you have anything, post that on my Facebook page. I mean, you've got the whole Speakeasy Network access to them there. 
and oh. um, you know, post it on the Speakeasy page on Blog Talk. Post it on my Facebook page so everybody in the Speakeasy network has access to it. I mean, it's, my page is kind of like the bulletin board for the cafe. You just post anything on there you want everyone to see. You're more than welcome to do that, and I encourage it. Oh, thank you. Also, another thing, the video that everybody's going to go over there and witness, that video right there mm-hmm. is something that we'll be uh, offering to other poets for their poems. And they'll be in that same style. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, definitely we, let we, everyone we, know we, what we, you're trying to, doing. We, we're trying to get it this year, Nyla. Well, let us help uh, make that happen. Oh, oh. Thank you. We're going we're gonna to need your help. So we're going to need everybody's help. Everybody, nobody can be uh, 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 non-consequential. Every every person, every individual, we, we all have uh, something that we can do. Uh, we've been networking with community, Nyla. It's, 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 been, it's been rewarding and frustrating because with community, you, there are certain elements that can be within community that can be very draining and withering. And then at that point, you know, you really have to make a decision of like, well, I can't, I can't live with this element right here, so I would have to go ahead and cut that off. Or you have to go ahead and try to see a way that you can go ahead and change yourself to make uh, an element work or work that into the whole lexicon of the, the collective. So, uh, yeah, we've been doing a lot of good work over there at Small House. Very cool. All right, sweetheart, appreciate you. And please, if you can be here next week, it would be amazing. If you can't, know that we'll miss you. I'm going to try to be here. Perfect. All right, hon, we'll talk to you then. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Take Give care. your wife a hug for us. I definitely will. I'll let her know that you asked about it. I'll mention it also. Thank you very much, Nyla. You're welcome, honey. We'll talk to you soon. All right, let's get our last caller on the air for the evening. Miss Lady A, are you with us, darling? I am. How are you? I am absolutely wonderful. Thank you for holding on and and being here to close out the show with me. Well, thank you very much for having me. I I didn't write a poem, but I wanted to share uh, Black History Month. Uh, I am Canadian. And I wanted to share with you some um, 10, actually, they're just short paragraphs, uh, 10 black Canadians who made significant um, imprint on the country, on our country. And of the 10, eight are women. And uh, so if I may, I'll just share their little stories with you, if that's okay. Please, yes. Okay, so... Uh, I'll start with uh, a woman named Mary Ann Shad Carey, and she lived from 1823 to 1893, and she was an anti-slave activist and a publisher. Um, she was an activist, educator, publisher, and journalist. She was the first black woman to publish a newspaper called The Provincial Freeman in North America as, as an educator She established a a racially integrated school for black children in Windsor, Ontario, and as an activist, she advocated for the rights of black people and women. And um, so there's, you know, other things we can, can, if you take her name down, you can look up at length her story. And then there was Lucy and Thornton Blackburn, 
Um, she lived from 1812 to 1890, and she was um, established Canada as a safe, uh, safe way for formerly enslaved black people. Uh, they were a couple uh, who actually escaped from enslavement in Louisville, Kentucky. They initiated, initially escaped to Michigan, where slave hunters found and recaptured them and arrested the couple. And while they were being detained, Lucy and Thornton escaped the second time and arrived in Canada. Uh, when the Canadian courts refused to extradite the Thorntons back to enslavement in the United States, it cemented Canada's reputation for a safe haven for formerly enslaved black people. And there's this gentleman, Milflin Wister Gibbs, 1823 to 1915, and he was the first black person uh, to um, be elected to public office in British Columbia. Now, that was quite some time ago. Uh, he was a businessman, a politician, a community leader who moved from San Francisco to Victoria, British Columbia, because of racial injustices in the United States. And in British Columbia, Gibbs was elected to, to Victoria City Council and used his public speaking and community organization abilities to encourage racial integration and fight against segregation in churches and theaters in Victoria. For his contribution as a politician and community leader in the Victoria Community Parks Canada recognized Gibbs as a person, person of national historic significance. Um, Viola Davis, who, who uh, was born in 1914 and lived to 1965, she was a civil rights act activist, a businesswoman, and she owned and operated a beauty parlor and beauty school in Halifax, Nova Scotia. In 1946, she went to a movie theater and chose to sit on the ground floor, a section of the theater reserved for white patrons only, which shocked me because I didn't realize that we had... Uh, an unofficial segregation, uh, which was another area that I looked into after that. But she was arrested, tried, and convicted for tax evasion for not paying the one cent tax difference between the ground floor tickets. The conviction was upheld, and in 2010, imagine, Nova Scotia granted Desmond an official pardon and an apology for the racism that she and other black Nova Scotians were subjected to. In 2016, uh, Viola Desmond became the first Canadian woman to appear on a Canadian bank. Now, her picture is on her $10 bill, um, which is quite a fascinating. Her story is quite fascinating. Then there's Lincoln Alexander, 1922 to 2012. He was the first black member of Parliament, Lieutenant Governor, of Canada in 1985, uh, excuse me, and he was born, as I said, 1985, or from 1985 to 1991. He was an Air Force veteran, a lawyer, a politician. Lincoln Alexander was the first black member of parliament and the first black federal cabinet minister. In 1985, he was appointed as Canada's lieutenant governor, becoming the first visible minority to hold this position. As lieutenant governor, Alexander mandated mandate focused on youth and education. And for his contributions to Canadian politics, the Right Honourable Lincoln Alexander was appointed to the Order of Canada at the rank of a companion. The Order of Canada is the highest um, honour that can be given a civilian. Uh, and Violet King, 
1929 to 1982. She was the first black female lawyer in Canada. And as a child, she uh, dreamed of becoming a lawyer despite the absence of lawyers in Canada who looked like her. Nonetheless, King went to law school and became the first black person to earn a law degree in the province of Alberta. After passing the bar, she became the first black woman lawyer in Canada. King's story not only speaks to her intelligence and perseverance, but also highlights the importance of representation. Rosemary Brown, 1930 to 2003, she was the first black woman elected to a Canadian le- to the Canadian legislature. A fe- feminist, a- activist, and political a politician, Rosemary Brown was elected to British Columbia's legislature in 1972, becoming the first black woman elected the Canadian legislature early in her political career. Brown became the first woman to run for leadership of the federal party when she ran for leadership of the federal New Democratic Party. Although her bid to lead the NDP was not successful, Brown's political career was marked by advocacy for Canadian minorities and a focus on promoting equality. Jean Augustine, born in 1937. She was one of two black women first elected in cabinet, a politician, educator, um, and Jean Augustine became the first black woman to be appointed to Canada's federal cabinet when she became the Secretary of State for Multiculturalism and the Status of Women. In her role, Augustine successfully advocated for federal recognition of the month of February as Black History Month. In 2007, Augustine was inducted as a member of the Order of Canada in recognition for her contributions to Canadian politics. Senator Anne Claire Coules was born in 1943. She was the first black female senator in North America. In 1984, she became the first black senator in the Senate of Canada and the first black woman senator in North America. Coules was a strong advocate for women and children and survivors of domestic violence. When Coules retired from the Senate in 2018, uh, she was its longest-serving member. Uh, Michelle Jean, in 1957, she was born. She was Governor General of Canada in, from 2005 to 2010, and she was a, a Haitian-Canadian journalist and filmmaker and became Canada's first black Governor General. As the Queen's representative in Canada, she advocated for marginalized communities. Shortly after she be- completed her mandate as governor, uh, Governor General in 2010, Haiti experienced a devastating earthquake, and she served as the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization's Special Envoy for Haiti to support the country's recovery efforts. And that is the end of the uh, story of my telling the story of these 10 people who made tremendous um, imprint, imprint on our country, and I am very proud to say they were Canadian. And uh, I, I feel that this was. I, I, I'm almost um, trembling as I, I spoke their stories. So I'm, I'm wanted to share that with you. I think that was incredible that you did and talk about inspiration. You know, any one of them. Yeah. Is you know, a great topic for someone to write about, you know, to tell stories, 
tell the stories of people that we may never know about, you know, we may never hear about. I think that was just absolutely, first of all, incredible to hear the stories because I didn't know half of them, Yeah. you know. More than half of them I didn't know because, you know, I'm not Canadian, so I don't know Canadian history. But how sad that is, you know, and now that I know these things, it gives me something to look up and something to learn, something to to educate myself with and and. So I think it's really cool that you did that. I think it's really cool that you shared those. Thank you very much. I really, I think, you know, I went as I was doing research in the last little while um, about Black history. I was so, and in particular, it was um, Viola, um, who really uh, Viola uh, Desmond. She, when I read her story, um, she's a lady that is on our ten dollar bill. I was shocked because I've always thought our country was progressive. They didn't have a, a written law of segregation, but there was segregation in this country, an unspoken law. And so that really broke my heart. And um, uh, But it was an, a re- reality that was quite harsh, and, and uh, these people broke those barriers. I mean, they held really high places in office, you know, and uh, at a time when... Uh, um, you know, especially back in the before the 1900s, some of these um, anti-slave activists, and uh, it just was amazing. And I'm, I just was actually a thrill to be able to share that. And thank you for letting me. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, sweetheart. I uh, look forward to you coming on and reading some of your poetry. But I think what you shared tonight was absolutely incredible and essential and of course it does get you in our drawing by the way so you are in the running for our prize drawing for the month of february so good job on that oh thank you You, (laughs) you're welcome do me a favor before you take off and tell everyone how they can come find you and visit with you i'm uh lady a on uh, allpoetry.com um and i'm on facebook as andrea wheaton pretty simple stuff Perfect. And uh perfect. Yeah. This is pretty thrilling, you know, and to see that there were eight out of those ten people were women, it was really exciting. That's because when we get determined about stuff, man, there is no stopping a woman on a mission. Period. There isn't. <laughs> yeah, you're right there for sure. Great hearing your voice, great being a part of tonight and I thank you again and um I um I I tr- I'm going to try to to attend a little more often. I go out usually Thursday evenings and don't get home till late. So, um, and uh, so, anyways, I'm going to try to do better at attending. But I, I I think of you and I always see your invitation and I appreciate it. Well, just keep a palm in your pocket and the phone number on speed dial and pull over alongside the road. And call, yeah. You can come read on the way home. Just just saying. Just saying there, girl. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you so honey. much. I appreciate you so much. All right. We'll Me, I appreciate week. you too. Have a good night the rest of the night. Bye, sweetie. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. I want to thank everybody for being here. It's been a phenomenal evening. You've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. You guys are incredible. I want to thank all of you who have been bringing in your donations for our 2023 broadcasting license. Our fundraiser is active right now. If you would like to sponsor 
the Speakeasy Cafe, you can find our fundraiser by uh, searching under Speakeasy Cafe on GoFundMe, or you can find it on my Facebook page under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, last name Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. And uh, we are also have contributions coming in through Cash App, Venmo, and the Speakeasy's PayPal account. So any of those ways are possible to donate to our broadcasting license for 2023. I'm going to close the show tonight with an audio track by, by, where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Oh my gosh, it's hiding from me. Let's do Debbie Kelly. Debbie Kelly helped me start this show way back there. I mean, she helped me do so much legwork before the show went on the air. She was right there by my side, getting everything up and running, getting our promos done, getting our Poets Network put together. Just appreciate Debbie so much. So we're going to shoot this one out there to you guys. This is Slamming Down on My City. It is the second poem she ever read on the speakeasy. So here you go. Love you, Debbie. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to everybody next week. Good night, everyone. Hi, Debbie. Hi. So excited that you called in. Why are you so excited? Because I know what you're going to read tonight. Oh, God. And, and you sit right in here with these boys. No, 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 no. No, so, no I don't. No, I don't. No. Just, uh, don't. This is my silly girl coming up here to the stage <laughs> to take the mic and slam one down for you boys. <laughs> All right, now. Okay, now I really am nervous. <laughs> Thanks, oh, no, you're not, baby girl. You'll be fine. <laughs> okay. I am proud of this poem. I love this poem that you wrote. Well, thank you, sweetie. You're welcome. This is called Slamming Down on My City. It says, my city is bleeding, needing, dying, babies crying as bullets go flying past my windowsill. Do you think the violence ever will stop hating, blazing, skating through our lives? Wake up, city of brotherly love. Do you need a shelf, a hit? Don't spit on my streets. Liberty Bell is going through hell, dwelling, yelling, swelling from pain. Stand up and be heard against the germ, the virus. Infecting our city, this plague's not pretty. Love your neighbor as yourselves. Put your gums up on the shelf. Take pride within yourselves and help us live again. The end. <laughs> I can't breathe. The whole time I was reading that, I was like... <sighs> I just thought you were trying to be sultry, you know, like this. <laughs> no, I'm actually trying to breathe. <laughs> oh, God. That was great.